Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the 21st episode of Obscure Image Podcast with your host, Make Love, the most obscure podcast in the world, where I interview underground artists, content creators, inventors, game developers, and anything in between that. Today, we have a super, super dope episode for y'all today, man. This I've been following this person since maybe, I want to say mid-2021 is when I found out about them. And after I did the interview with Vyth, I did a poll asking people who they want me to interview next. And everybody, almost everybody, pointing me towards this person right here. So I'm doing an interview with them. Uh, fun fact, we recorded like five minutes of this and then that shit didn't even, I wasn't even recording. So we're actually, this is like a double take. We're doing this shit again. But I, without further ado, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody, who you are, what you doing, where you're from? <clears throat> it's Dodd Perry from <laughs> Georgia, Atlanta, preferably. And I am a singer, songwriter, producer, and just overall internet personality. Okay, so uh, uh, Perry, we're not gonna we're not gonna redo like what we were talking about. But why don't you tell everybody like what the fuck we were talking about basically before? Uh, uh basically we were talking about cinema. Um, you know, we were talking about horror movies and why we like certain movies and stuff like that. It was a really good conversation. I'm kind of mad that we didn't, you know, get that. But yeah, yeah. we was basically talking about horror movies and recommendations and stuff of that nature amazing fucking conversation my dumb ass really was recording bro like, <laughs> like shit happened so and it started off because i asked him what did he do today and he was telling me what he did and yeah. how, you know what i'm saying he uh watched a couple horror movies and shit like that i think you said insidious and the conjuring right yeah and insidious and conjuring those are the two movies i watched today oh man amazing fucking conversation that y'all not gonna hear that's crazy yep. <laughs> uh perry i seen on your story today that you had teased like a private song called Suplex Love when that's coming out. Yes. Um, I really don't know. <laughs> like, that's the one thing that I can like never, you know, distinguish like when I'm going to actually drop a song. Um, that might be on the main page. Maybe it might come out within sometime early next month, maybe in April. Um, I really don't have a date, though. I'm kind of just, you know, teasing it a little bit to see if people rock with it, people like it. It's it's different because I kind of go back and forth with my singing and rapping stuff. So I know it throws some people off because I was kind of in like a little rap phase right now. And now I'm kind of back into the singing stuff. So I really don't know when it's going to drop. I want to say maybe April the 3rd, maybe, maybe a date, maybe not. I'll tell you around April, early April is when I'll probably drop the song. Oh, so what? what do you think is the most difficult part about dropping a song with like a date, like to where you can find a date? Well, sometimes it's difficult because I'm in a group, right? Of course, in a limb. So sometimes they might be dropping a song that's either on that week or it might be that exact day, or it might be a few days before or a few days after. So it's, it's really, I try to drop more or less towards the weekend, just because I know that's when more people are listening to music than rather than earlier in the weekday but it just differs because sometimes i'll go on my stats also like how what's my last song performing like how the stats on that song is doing before i'll drop a new song but yeah it, it's really difficult because i'm really indecisive about dropping music so sometimes certain songs just never even get dropped so yeah i don't know <laughs> i'm my own worst enemy when it comes to like figuring out when i'm gonna drop a song so, how many songs do you have unreleased right now? 
Um. Okay. So let's put it. Let's put this into perspective. Okay. I have 112 songs. I won't well, know 113 songs on my SoundCloud right now. Um, on my actual SoundCloud, it says I have about 414 tracks. So I guess that Damn. minus the 113 is about how much unreleased music I have. Damn. So do you have any unreleased songs that's not on your SoundCloud or? Yes. Damn. I have, I have a total of a thousand songs just on my computer alone. <laughs> so what makes you want to keep songs in the vault? Like what, what makes you feel like, damn, this isn't ready to be out yet? Um, you know, sometimes it's kind of like in the heat of the moment type ordeal to where it's like, I'll make it and I'll be so about this song. Right. And then the next day I'll make another song and I'll be so about that song. And it kind of is a process to where it just keeps happening and happening and happening. So songs get old and forgotten about. And it's crazy because some people will remember certain songs and they'll come back to me. They're like, yo, why didn't you drop this? And I'm like, honestly, it's because I thought I made something better than that. So I don't know. It's just, it's, it's really hard for me to like stick to one song because I always think mm, it's good, but I could have done better. You know what I mean? Like I'm always criticizing the songs that I have before I even drop them. And then on top of that, it just is it's so much. It's so much to sit there and go through. So certain songs I just keep rather than delete because you never know, I might want to come back to it and listen to it. Or I might decide, hey, I want to drop this, you know, maybe put it on my alt page so people can enjoy it. Maybe not my main page. So yeah, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot to go through. So when it comes to you feeling like you made something or you could make something better than what you have do you ever does the what i'm trying to ask you does a second opinion ever outweigh the opinion of your own um sometimes yes rarely but most of the time because i might send that song to let's say a friend or people in my group you know to get their opinion on it and they might say yeah this is fire this is hard but Majority of the time, I would say my own opinion will outweigh a second opinion. Because at the end of the day, it's like, it's got to be something that I want, you know, to drop or I want people to listen to. So more or less, yes and no. Rarely, rarely will a second, out, a, a second opinion outweigh it. But yeah, most of the time, my opinion outweighs that. Do you think that? Sometimes your opinion may be like you just being too hard on yourself. Of course. And I think that comes with making so much music and then also like analyzing what songs did better than other songs, you know, so you're not trying to replicate or duplicate, but you're trying to have that same type of consistency. So when you get into a mode where you've made so many songs, you don't want to fall back into making I guess, too repetitive or too lesser quality to what you have made. So sometimes it kind of like gets in my head to where I'm like over criticizing my own music to where it's like, oh, you know, I, I can mean pour my heart out to a song and I can still like, mm, it sounds good, but I, I feel like I could have done better. So it's constantly that war that I kind of have with myself. And I feel like sometimes, yes, that does hold me back, but it's something that I have been trying to work on as far as like releasing music. 
So sometimes I might just drop something without even like telling people about it, just because I know if I like preview it and I keep thinking about it, I'm probably not going to drop it. Okay. Does that like um? How do I put this? Does that hard self analyzation of self does that bleed into other parts of your life as well, other than music? Um, what that like over overthinking, kind of over analyzing? Yeah. Yeah, it does sometimes. It does. Um, sometimes I'm like a big overthinker when it comes to stuff, and you know I like get paranoid a lot. So yeah, I definitely say it does kind of bleed into like my actual life. How would you like to prevent that, if you could? Ah, taking it one day at a time. Uh, <laughs> that's really all I can do. Uh, just try little by little. You know, not try and overthink and. I think that kind of like our previous conversation, like how we were talking about um, performance wise, how I'll have that fear, but I keep going. It's kind of like what I try to do in life, you know, not even performing wise. Like if I, if I'm afraid of something, I'm overthinking something instead of doing that, I could still overthink it, but I could just do it, you know, instead of just sitting there and soaking in it, you know, actually moving forward, progressing and stop, you know, sitting there and just, Oh, what do I do? What do I do? You know? That's real shit, like um, not letting fear hold you back. Like, imagine if, like, imagine if Elon Musk said, you know what, fuck it, I'm scared. And he didn't create any of the shit he created. Or even Nikolai Tesla, if he said, fuck it, you know what I'm saying? I'm not doing this shit. I don't want to yeah. be an inventor. I'm afraid, you know? So uh, I th- I think that a lot of people can uh can grab something from what you just said and just go, just Keep moving forward. Do it. Yeah. Just do it. <laughs> do it. Yeah, that that reminds me of uh this uh it's uh this is a Disney movie called Meet the Robinsons. Have you seen that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, where this kid he's like, you know, he's an inventor and he always fails, 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 fails. And the main premise of the movie is keep moving forward. Just keep fucking going. Just keep exactly. going. Dust yourself off, you know what I'm saying? I yeah, that's a powerful message. One of the best Disney movies of all time, in my opinion. But uh yeah. So your song, Suplex Love, like what would, if you could describe the vibe of that song, what would you say? Um, I'd say it's like a combination of romance and frustration. And I think that's kind of like the basis for a lot of my singing alternative songs, romance and frustration. Um, It's kind of, I'd say it's like a, it's like a fever dream of a song, you know, it's like, Something you would like maybe hear in the background of some, you know, early 2003 drama movie, you know, like it's, 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 it's a vibe. It's the type of song you maybe vibe out to, you know, if you're in your fields or something, you're, you know, you're smoking a cigarette and it's fucking 3 a.m. at night or morning and you're just looking at the fucking clouds and shit. Like that's the type of vibe I guess it kind of gives off, you know, it's more or less romance and frustration. The frustration part, were you frustrated when you made the song? Yeah, I was. Um, I found out a girl I was interested in was already in love. And I was like, man. So I made that song. Not And, you know, when I do make my song, I just want to correct this and kind of state this. Okay. It's never usually about one specific person. Like, if it's a sad, like, lovey-dovey type song, it's never really about one specific person. 
it's more or less like a general like vibe, you know, like I'm generally like there's other situations where I'm pulling, you know, inspirations from. It's not just one instance or one person. It's multiple people. Like I'm finding a common, you know, like a common denominator on, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not just one instance, but in this case, it was mostly about, you know, one person, but um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of frustration. So is this like a, is this an old song or did you just record the song? <laughs> it's funny. That was actually one of the songs that I made today. Like okay. before, before we even did this interview, I think I had finished the song, like maybe like two minutes before you DM me, you know, for the interview. So yeah. Wow. It was a little, it was a little cookie song. <laughs> so about the uh, situation, was that an old situation or was this a new situation? That happened? Oh, no, this is, this is a new situation. Like, yeah, it just happened today. I was like, man, time oh, to make a song. <laughs> Same shit. Yeah, so so music kind of, like, helps you in a sense. Yeah, like, and I think that's one of the things that kind of embody my um, description on my SoundCloud, where I say, this is my notepad, so take notes. Because I'd mm -hmm. rather see it as... I like when people kind of try to analyze my music and maybe give different origins or lore of why they think I make certain songs or why certain songs are the way they are. I kind of like how people are trying to like, not diagnose me, but you know, kind of analyze me. Like I kind of like that. So more or less my songs are all just one big part of me. You know, you have that angry side, you have that fun side, you have that sad side, you have that deeply 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 grieved depressed side there's there's so many different i'd say elements of me and i do try to put that in my music in some way shape or form i'd say so what do you like about people trying to analyze you um because sometimes they're completely right and sometimes they're completely wrong and i think that's just the fun way you know because i think people just want to know things they don't know about it's like it's 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 like a fucking sponge, you know. People want to soak up information on you. They want to be able to understand you. And I feel like sometimes, even when somebody like comments on my tracks, why they think the song is about something, I don't necessarily want to respond to them because I like the fact that they're thinking like this. They're questioning, you know. I, if my music can make you question something, whether it's the song, whether it's me, or just anything then I think I'm doing my job as an artist because I'm making you think. And I kind of like making music that can make people think or make people discuss, you know, a discussion piece. Like I, I like my music to be viewed as that. That's really interesting that you'd like to be analyzed. Cause for this interview, I was trying to, you know, find information on you and I only mm -hmm. had to like really look at your music. I couldn't go to Twitter. I couldn't go to Instagram or, you know what I'm saying? It's, a lot yeah. of information isn't on you. You know, yeah. Um, I want to know how'd you come up with the name Die Perry? Um, so I made the name, I'd say, around like maybe late 2017. Um, and I actually liked the name Perry for like a few different reasons. So, one reason was, of course, uh, Phineas and Ferb, there was a character <laughs> named Perry the Platypus, yeah. which Sometimes I like take clips from the show and put them in my music just to kind of meme myself. 
Um, but yeah, that's one of the reasons. And another reason would be, I think Lil Yachty had a friend named Burberry Perry. I just really like, I don't know. I like the way the name not only looked, but the way it sounded Perry Perry. Like I didn't hear a lot of Perry's, especially in the underground. So at first it was going to be like kill Perry. But then I was like, nah, I'm not really fucking with that. And then I just put, instead of kill died Perry. And it's just been, it's been like that for like a while. And it's funny because I have told a lot of people different origins of my name just to like fuck with them. But that's, I'll say about the realist origin I can kind of give you, if that makes any sense. Okay. So what, <laughs> what are the other origins you've told people? I've told people like, um, Perry's like my middle name or I've named it after a town or like, it used to be like my graffiti tag name, Die Perry, like, or it was like my old P- PlayStation username or some shit. Like, I've told people a whole bunch of shit just because I just wanted to fuck with them because people kept asking me that question. And I was like, you know what? Just for the fuck of it, I'm just going to tell y'all all different answers. You know what I mean? So <laughs> everyone can kind of come up with their own lore on what my name is and kind of debate about it and why they think I'm named that. But yeah, that's, that's, that's about the most genuine lore I can give you on my name because most of it was just kind of like, you know, like a click in my head, like, hmm, Die Perry, you know? So, but I think that was kind of like the inspiration for it. You're telling the truth, right? Yes, this is the truth. This is, <laughs> this is how I got the name. Just this, this is set the record. This is exactly how I got my name. <laughs> okay. I uh, I just heard you say um that you used to tell people like, uh, oh, this was like my tag name. So are you big into graffiti? Um, I like graffiti, but I myself... I'm not like I wouldn't say like I study it or I watch a lot of videos on it or stuff like that. But I do like the way it looks like, you know, sometimes I might be on Instagram and I might see a graffiti piece or I might be on TikTok and I see a graffiti piece. And I really like it. It almost makes me jealous because I'm like, damn, I wish I could make some shit like that because I, I can't really draw. I can't draw for shit, but I wish I could. And I envy people that can draw because I think that's a really cool talent. So, yeah, I yeah. kind of kind of sort of into graffiti, you know, I wish I could do it, but I can't can't do it my my gift is my music so <laughs> yeah yeah i mean I, I come from graffiti like i used to i wasn't that good at it either i was okay but i was mainly into like really just like actually tagging like just being a fucking delinquent like a piece of shit that's yeah. a disgusting scene but uh like <laughs> how do i put it you could always you know just i don't know i guess learn yeah it's really easy to learn uh have you heard of the uh, graffiti artist named banksy Mm-hmm. I remember, um, I don't know what grade I was in school, but we had for art class, we had to watch like a documentary on uh, graffiti. And I think he was one of the people that they had talked about. Yeah, dude, fucking sick, man. He literally has never shown his face ever, I don't think. Wow. So like nobody knows his like identity? No. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, I want to send you a photo and I want you to let everybody know what i sent you okay okay all right hold on i gotta turn my phone off because i think somebody had called me <laughs> so i had to turn my phone off but good, i'm turning it on so while we, while we wait is there any other like significant meaning to your name die perry no i don't think so if you could choose any other name what name would you have chosen honestly i don't know because i did have other names before die perry but they never just stuck with me. So uh, maybe, ooh, okay, okay, I can't answer this. I think if I would change it, I would change it to Perry Laughing Matter. 
Really? Is, yeah, it's long, but I have that as my like IG little surname in there, Perry mm-hmm. Laughing Matter. Cause yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I came up with it when I like was dreaming one day and like I was like, mm, Laughing Matter. So yeah, I'll probably change it to that or just Perry in general. But yeah, I kind of like that Perry. It's growing on me a little bit <laughs> after a few years, after damn near four years, it's growing on me. Interesting. Yeah, uh, did you get it? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm checking right now. Okay, so you want me to ex- like describe it? Yeah, could you explain to the audience what I just showed you? Um, ah, fuck, I'm gonna try to say it. Poor, 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 poor. It seems like a bottle of wine, maybe. Yeah, so that is actually an alcohol named Perry. Wow. <laughs> I thought that was interesting when I, I don't know why I'm goofy as fuck. I wanted to send that to you. It says that's crazy. Perry is cider's underrated and undiscovered cousin an alcoholic beverage made by fermented pears. Perry is often confused with pear cider, a distinctly different drink. While Perry is made with a hundred percent pears, pear cider is typically an apple cider sweetened with pear juice. I think it would be cool if you were to try that. That seems fucking cool. I definitely got to try it now. <laughs> now I know that that's how it's pronounced. I thought it was like, Fancy like French, like poor, poor. <laughs> I, I, I was butchering the hell out of it, but yeah, I definitely got to try that now. Yeah, I don't know why the fuck I said that to you. I, I just thought that was interesting when I because I looked up what does Perry mean, and then that shit popped up, and I was like, what the fuck? It's a fucking alcohol. Yeah, that's that's dope. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on, wait, wait. Do you, how old are you? You don't mind me asking? I am uh twenty one. Okay, yeah, never mind. You can legally drink. Never mind. All right, shit. Yeah. Yeah, I ain't trying to get canceled out here. You feel what I'm saying? Oh, no, you're good. It's crazy because people be thinking I'm young as hell. So, yeah. But I want, I want to know, like, what was your childhood like? Like, what were some things you did for fun? I'd say before middle school, my childhood was pretty normal. I mean, grew up kind of in the country. Um, so I was kind of surrounded by, like, a lot of animals. Like, my parents were into farming. So, like cows and goats donkeys chickens we got like a lot of animals so i mean my life was pretty chill i was like a happy child i would say for the most part for like the early years of my life um middle school kind of changed and high school kind of changed but it was kind of cool you know did normal kid shit like play soccer ride a bike shit like that but i more or less grew up in the country like when i was you know little so yeah, I mean, it was cool growing up in the country. It was, I'd say I I liked the country more when I was a kid than like now. I would say I appreciate it more because of course, you know, you're surrounded by like trees and forests and shit. So yeah, it was cool. So you're saying, so when you were younger, you, your parents had a farm? Uh, Yeah, we had like this nice house um lived on a farm you know i wouldn't even say it was like super nice it was just it was an average american house but it was just um we lived out in like kind of like in the middle of nowhere in the country so wow did you have any neighbors or no yeah we had neighbors it was like a whole it was like basically a road um mm. it was called stallings stallings road and it was like a whole road that went maybe like two miles or five miles and like there was like a strip of houses and like we was basically one of the people on that strip that is so interesting so when you went to school like was your school close enough to where you could walk or did you have to drive there uh well it was a school bus type of ordeal okay 
So yeah, it and I mean, I think it was like maybe like a twenty to thirty minute bus drive. Oh, wow. It wasn't too too bad, but it was a little it was a little drive. Yeah, what I remember, yeah, because that's a cool little walk. Thirty minutes, that's far. Heck no, I mean, just watch walking to the bus stop because I had a long driveway, just a dirt road driveway. So like walking to the bus stop was damn near like I don't know, fifteen? No, not fifteen minutes. Maybe like ten minutes. Damn. It was like a ten minute walk. Yeah, just to get to the little bus stop. Well, would you ever have like a like a farm like now that you're older? Would you be interested in that? Um, I would want I kind of have a dream of living in the middle of nowhere because I, I just think that idea would be cool, but not an actual farm. I would just want land in a house and that's it. Maybe like a clear, maybe three acre or four acre plot just so I can like ride a UTV or something oh, on man. it. But nothing with animals on it because I love animals, but I don't particularly want to like have something because I know that's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if you were to have like, let's say just one farm, farm animal, which one would you choose? Um, maybe like a horse. Mm-hmm. Just like ride a horse around my place. That would be pretty cool. So you you've ridden a horse before, yeah. But for another reason, kind of a, a tiny reason why I wouldn't want animals of my own. I have like the slightest allergy to like, mm. I'd say bovine hair, so like horse hair, cow hair, cat hair, even dog hair. Like oh, if wow. it gets around my nose, it's like I kind of break out and like I sneeze a lot. So I'm like a tiny bit allergic to animals for real, for real. But as long as I'm not not constantly around him i'm perfectly fine like i have a dog his name's kane i'm around him like every now and then but my allergies don't really act up a lot it's like if i'm like running or i'm like interacting with them it's kind of when my allergies will like act up shit you said a tiny bit but you said you will break out though if it gets too bad right yeah damn yeah yeah Yeah, that's how i am with uh I don't break out, but if I get, if I eat shrimp, my whole throat will like close up type shit and I can't breathe. Like, yeah, that's all right. That's crazy. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Cause I remember you saying that you wanted to kind of live in the middle of nowhere. Why is that? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to even make it sound like I just don't like people, but I just don't like people. <laughs> I just like the peace and the calmness of like kind of living out in the middle of nowhere. You're not surrounded by like crazy ass, you know, people and loud people. Like I kind of like living in my own peace or being in my own world. And I feel like if I was to live out in the middle of nowhere, like that would be peaceful. You know, of course if I have like a significant other with me, Mm -hmm. I would like make it 10 times better or like I have my homies with me, but I just really like the idea of that. Like, it's cool, like, living, you know, growing up and kind of living in the middle of nowhere, it kind of made me appreciate it more to when I got older and I was, like, living around people. Because hmm. our, our damn neighbors is, like, a few miles away from us, so we're straight. <laughs> Would you consider yourself, like, an introvert? or? Um, Yeah. I'd say, like, when I'm around people that I'm comfortable with, I, you know, start to open up more. Mm-hmm. But more or less, like, if I'm in either new surroundings or just in general, 
I'm more kind of reserved, kind of quiet to myself. Like, it's funny, most people, whenever I like work in a new place, will call me like quiet, elder, quiet kid, because I don't really like interact. I kind of like observing, you mm-hmm. know, I, I kind of want to observe somebody and see how they are before I kind of like start, you know, opening up and stuff like that. And I feel what you're saying. Before I did a uh, social media, that's how I was. Like, I was like, I don't know. Not, I don't want to say shy, but I had to warm up to you. Like, I just couldn't start a conversation with you type shit. I had to really get to know you and not even really get to know you. Just I, I'd have to hear you talk type shit. I can't just I don't know. I don't want to say I was shy, but I had to really just get used to people. If that makes sense. I know you make a lot of like punk, not punk, but like pop punk slash like rock inspired type of music like did you like rock music as a kid like what were you listening to <laughs> love that you asked this question um yes um i don't know when i was a kid my parents more or less listened to like a lot of uh what's the word like they listened to a lot of gospel my dad was really into old older r&b like 70s like teddy Pendergrass, michael jackson you know really old r&b like that type of stuff and my mom was really into gospel music. So I kind of had that a lot growing up as a kid. And then, of course, just listening to the radio, listening to pop, I figured out that I liked that too, along with the older stuff that I was listening to. And then, of course, rock came in the picture and heavy metal and then dubstep and all that. So, yeah, I definitely, when I was a kid, I, I soaked up so many different genres and I just grew to like like them. Like I noticed that I liked all different types of music and not just rap and hip hop. I liked all types. So yeah, I definitely listened to a lot of rock when I was like a kid. Like I was listening to like heavy shit, like Slipknot when I was damn near like nine. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I was, I was definitely into that as a kid. So was Slipknot the first like band that got you into rock or? No, I would say August Burns Red was the first band that kind of got me into rock. And it was a song called Meddler that I heard because I used to go to a boys and girls club when I was a kid. And one of the, I guess, staff there had uh, played one of that. He played that specific song one time. And like, I remember it and I went home and I looked it up on like my mom's computer and I listened to it and I was like, yo, this is crazy. I like this song. So that was like my first, I think, metal song that kind of put me onto the genre. August Burns Red, Meddler. Great song. I still listen to it from time to time today, but yeah, that was my like first kind of put on song. That's interesting that you said um boys and girls club. I went to a boys and girls club too. You know what some fucked up? I used to have like super long hair, bro, like damn near like down my back type shit when I was a kid. And they had they yeah. made me cut that shit in order to go. They said boys yeah. can have long hair. Like that sucks. <laughs> man, bullshit, man. They full of shit, man. If y'all listening, man, yeah. fuck y'all. But uh <laughs> So are you into gospel now? I'm pretty sure, yeah, right? Um kind of. I'm into like I am into gospel. Um not really that much though. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. Not really that much. I don't I if it's on, you know, I'm in a I'm in a type of mood while I like entertain that, then I will. But I wouldn't say I like listen to it like a lot. Like I don't listen to gospel like consistently. Okay, but if it's on, like, you probably wouldn't just turn it off type shit, is what you're saying? Yeah, like, I, I would um, I would bear with it, like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I would endure it, <laughs> but it's not, it's more or less something I was just kind of forced to listen to as a kid, because, of course, mm-hmm. my mom always had it playing on the radio, but as I got older, I kind of, like, 
didn't really fuck with it as much. So yeah. How come you didn't fuck with it? Um, I don't know. It just didn't really like get me into it, I guess. Like I, I don't know. When I listen to music, I usually get hyped. Like I have some type of feeling. Whenever I listen to the gospel, I really didn't feel anything. Like it was just something that was kind of always it was just a noise to me. Wow. Yeah. No hate to it though, you yeah. know, to anybody that makes it, but it just it just didn't do it for me. That and country, I just can't get into. <laughs> yeah. Those are the two genres. I'll listen to anything else, but I just can't get into those two genres. Yeah, country. I mean, the only country I really listen to is Johnny Cash, for real. My boy Johnny Cash, hard as hell. But other than that, I don't I don't really listen to country like that. But uh damn, so is it about like what they were saying in the gospel or Yeah, I mean I guess you can say that. Okay, that's interesting. But you fuck with R and B though. Yeah. Okay. That's really that's really interesting. And for some reason I would because you said you grew up in a country, I would assume that you like, you know, like, you know, country music or something like that or gospel. Right. Yeah. Um, definitely that was like I don't know, Taylor Swift was like big back in the day. Man. So definitely she had a lot a lot of radio play. So yeah, I mean I listened to it a lot, but it, it just still just like gospel didn't really do it for me music wise. So yeah. I feel that. So how'd you get into making music? Mm, okay, so um, when I was in 10th grade, I think 10th grade, um, I used to hang out with these kids, and basically around lunchtime, this was around the era that pen tap was a thing, you know, when people were making beats out of pens, and they were, like, banging on the table, making a beat, and they would freestyle rap over it, mm-hmm. so... It was me and two other dudes, and uh, they used to, like, always be like, yo, you know, rap, rap. They would rap, but I would never, you know, rap because it wasn't my thing. You know, I just like listening to music at this point. I never thought about even rapping. I was actually more interested in singing than I was rapping. So um, I never really was interested in, you know, getting into one of their little ciphers or one of the little rap battles. Like, I, I, it wasn't for me. And then one day, I don't know why, I guess... I finally, you know, after them continuing and continuing and continuing and trying to get me to do it, I was like, you know what? I'll do it. So I did it. And it wasn't even like a freestyle. It was something I heard on YouTube. But I guess the way I said it made them go crazy. And they loved it. It was like, yo, this is fire. Yo, yo, yo. Like, you got to start rapping for real. You got to rap for real. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. And I'll, I'll do it. And my first songs were like meme type songs. Like, it wasn't even me doing it like for real. It was me fucking around with it. Like I didn't mean rap until damn near like 2018, like the beginning of 2018. And then I actually started making the type of music I make now. So yeah, it was just a bunch of, you know, friends that got me basically into rapping. Okay. So when you were meme rapping, like what were you memeing about? Like just people or? Yeah. Just, just stupid shit. Like fucking like, I don't know. I like at this point, um, I was like considerably really chubby, like in fucking my sophomore year of high school. So because naturally I was like a little chubby kid, I just like rapping about like fucking other chubby girls. Like, yeah, it was just dumb shit. Like I just rap about like stupid shit, like fucking snorting heroin or something. Like, I don't know. It was just sh- stupid shit, like stupid kid shit. So that's m- mostly what I like rapped about. Just crazy shit. 
just you know current events and stuff like that okay uh one thing that stood out to me that you said was that you were more interested in singing instead of rapping why why mm-hmm. was that um i don't know why like when i was a kid i'll try to sing songs out here on the radio i just really gravitated at gravitated more towards that than rapping because i didn't really see myself as a rapper I don't know why I feel like rappers, you know, they have the chains and shit like that. I didn't know you really didn't have to be like that to be a rapper. You know, I feel like rappers had so many stereotypes and I always thought I had to be those stereotypes in order to make that. And it didn't take me till like later on to life to realize like, hell no, like anybody could be a rapper. You know what I'm saying? So I initially wanted to be a singer. Like Michael Jackson was one of the singers that I really liked when I was a kid, just the way he was able to like, perform and the way he was able to sound like i like that so i'll try to emulate that a lot growing up so i really like singing a lot yeah yeah man michael jackson brilliant fucking performer that guy whole nother level like it's kind of crazy to think how just how famous he was right that's like a whole nother level type shit like Mm -hmm. but so would you ever consider taking like glasses to further yourself in singing or um yeah it's just the thing is time (laughs) i I like between work and a lot of other things like i damn near don't have time Mm -hmm. but maybe if i like ever let's say reach that mainstream level i'll definitely definitely anything that could like help me expand my vocal range i would definitely do it like i'll definitely see what it's about what it offers and see if it works so works for me at least so yeah i definitely do that like maybe when i get a little more funds in my pocket and i have a little more time on my hands i'll definitely be interested in doing something like that mm-hmm. and you were saying if you get to like a mainstream level like what what level would you want to want to get to do you have one in mind consistent enough to where i have my own crib i have maybe about like I don't know, 200K followers or 100K followers or hell, even 50K followers would be a little mainstream level for me. Something that's financially stable and Mm. I have a cult fan base. That's my version of mainstream. I don't want to get super big. So like on that, like eat level as a great, you know, example, I don't want to get that big. I don't want to get little Uzi Vert level. I don't want to get Playboy Cardi level. I just want to have a good enough cult fan base that actually appreciates and enjoys my music and i'm making enough money from my fan base to where i can just live and not have to work i'm nine to five again like i could just make music full-time because that's really my dream to do make music full-time but of course life shit you know you gotta pay bills so of course i gotta work and i'm doing work and then music is really like a hobby but i really want it to be a career so it's just it's a, it's a grind. It's definitely a grind. Yeah, I know uh, your latest song or one of your latest songs is called "Glorilla Plus Stomp." What's the inspiration mm-hmm. behind that? Is that two songs together or? Yeah. So, and this is like a common thing with a lot of my music is that it'll start off as one song and then I'll add another song to it just to either one to extend it because it's too short or two just to like even add more flair to the song to like mm-hmm. add more hype to it, you know, because people are like, Oh, it's a two part song. So I have a bunch of songs that kind of follow the same type of formula to where 
initially or originally it's just one song and then i'll add another one to it but um the first glorilla song the inspiration for that was that um i think glorilla said in one of her songs like something about oh he might not be mine today but that's why i love tomorrow or something like that so she said something along the lines of that and i really like the play on that like oh okay you're talking about so this person's not with you today but tomorrow they might be with you. So I kind of like that idea. So I heard that and I was like, okay, let me try to put a play on that. So I'm like, oh, that'd be your girl today? Nah, that's why I love tomorrow because she's going to be mine. <laughs> so yeah, so that's basically like the premise of the whole song. But it's actually funny because when I did that song, people were fucking up the lyrics. Like they didn't know the lyrics because sometimes I do things in a cadence with my voice. So sometimes it's hard to distinguish certain words that I say. and Sometimes I'll correct people and sometimes I won't because I think it's kind of funny that people are trying to like, you know, put the lyrics down or say the lyrics or type it in the comments. And sometimes it's wrong and sometimes it's correct. But in this case, so many people were butchering it. I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? I will just put the lyrics for y'all so y'all don't have to butcher the lyrics and figure what it out. Like figure it out. Because something that I can easily understand, like my music, people might not be able to get it like lyrics wise. So you know, sometimes I might put the lyrics in there when I'm feeling when I'm feeling bored and I want something to do because sometimes that's time consuming. But yeah, um, that was really the inspiration for Gorilla. Like I heard that hook from her song and I was like, you know what? Let me try to flip it underground version, do some shit, added some pianos, made the beat like in five minutes. Did that song is about what a minute, something long for Stomp. I like sampled something, some weird sounds. I'm really into sampling. Like there's a lot of samples and a lot of my music. Um, but I sampled something, made a crazy beat to it. And I was like, you know what? I could add this to Glorilla because this stomp was damn near a minute long too. So altogether, I think it was like, what, two minutes and 45 seconds or something. But I made stomp, added it to it. And stomp is just more like a lit song. You know, it's something that you can play at a show, get people moving, get people excited, get people like in the mode, you know, like I'm ready to do some crazy. I want to stomp on something. You know, I want to, you know, act crazy. I want to act wild. It's like an inciting a riot type of song. Mm-hmm. And that first song, you say like in the beginning, you say something among the lines of like, I think like Perry, they think you gone. They said you a singer now. Mm-hmm. Now, what music do you prefer to make? Do you prefer to make the aggressive shit or like the more sing songy type of music? Both. Um, okay. Sometimes, depending on what what state I feel like I'm in mentally. And like what I want to do music wise, what direction I want to go, sometimes one outweighs the other. Like there'll be a state to where I just want to drop hard shit, hard shit, hard shit, hard shit, hard shit, right? And then there's a state where I just want to drop soft shit, soft shit, soft shit, soft shit. And some people don't know really what side to choose because you have some people that like both sides. You have some people that like my singing stuff more. You have some people that like, my rapping stuff more. So I'd say it's about 50-50 right now because I really enjoy making both because like I said, uh, singing was like my first passion. Mm-hmm. So that's always going to be something I like doing. And I don't think I really started making the alt stuff until like last year. I made like auto-tune songs, you know, that type of stuff. But the actual alternative stuff that I'm doing now, I really didn't start doing that until maybe like Mm, actually maybe till like 2021 i think 
either 2021 or 2022 i started making that but okay. yeah it's, it's it's still fairly new but i'd say i like making both genres so what made you want to start making alternative stuff um i heard i heard a song from john millie called uh uh what was it called it was some alternative song i'll think of the, the name will come to me but Mm-hmm. I heard um I heard that song and I was like, oh, this is hard. Yeah, War Outside. That was the song, War Outside. So I heard that song and that kind of like made me want to do it. Cause I was like, this is cool. Like I can make this, I can make something like this. This is crazy. Like I enjoyed it so much to where I wanted to do it for myself. So my first song, I didn't even really know what I was doing. Um I kind of just layered a bunch of times and I was like, okay. I'll do like a little effects, but it was really repetitive, but people enjoyed the hell out of it. They're like, oh, this is fire. We never heard this type of music from you. So it kind of fire started the alternative stuff I started making. But I'd say it kind of originated from me listening to Drown Millie's song, War Outside. Okay. And whenever you get the chance, I highly recommend to listen to it because it's like (laughs) a whole different type of genre. Like I don't even know what to put it in, but it's crazy. Okay, I'm gonna check that out. Uh, to go back on what you said about how you kind of feel 50 50 between the aggressive and the more sing songy type of music, yeah, I'd say like I prefer to listen to your more singing type of music. But if I were to mm. go to you at a concert and see you perform, I would want you to, I would want to see you perform like the hard shit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think that's where I'm kind of torn in between the two, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, okay, so this next question it's not even a question i just have it written down as cruel valentine mm-hmm. so what was the inspiration behind that song uh for cruel valentine um beautiful song by I, the way yeah i think it was more or less like kind of going back to suplex love mm. frustration romance like i feel like i always get into these situations to where there's someone that I really, really want, but they're either taken or the feeling is not reciprocated or it's not felt. And it's that cruelness and that 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 desire that I think kind of like made me feel some type of way. So I was like, okay, let me make a song to where I can kind of like explain how I feel. And when I made it, it just came out so good. And I was like, holy crap. Like, that's why I instantly made a post, dropped the post. And I was like, yo, I think we were going to rock with this. But I just remember, like, when I made that song, it was dark in my room. I had all the lights turned off. Like, I damn near was in my feels. I was just sitting depressed. And I was like, you know, what? I'm going to try to sing my heart out. Sung the song, previewed it, dropped it. And, yeah, the rest is history. How often do you find yourself in those situations to where it's like you may love somebody, but the love may not be reciprocated? All the time. All the time. time. And why do you think that is? I don't know. I think sometimes I, um, I don't speak like I don't say what I want. I don't say what I really want to say sometimes to uh, my love interest. Like I don't, I don't say the things that need to be said. Sometimes I kind of just shut like shut up and keep my mouth closed and not really, you know, talk about things that I really want to talk about. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess closed mouths really like don't get fed. So, yeah, 
because I'm quiet and I don't express how I feel in those situations, I feel like sometimes I come out on a loser's end because I'm not talking to this person. I'm not telling this person how I feel. I'm only just feeling it on the inside. I'm not expressing it on the outside. So is it from like a, you don't express it due to like nervousness or you don't express it due to like, you feel like this person won't even listen? Both. Both. And that fear kind of comes into play too, of course. Because, you know, fear of rejection is something that I don't even think just me feels like I think a lot of other people can feel sometimes because it's like, damn, you know, you don't want to get rejected by this person. Like you, you want this person to like you back. But then again, it's that fear and that overthinking that sometimes you don't even get to the point to where you know if they like you or not, you know, because there's been situations where someone has liked me and I like that person and damn near I didn't know. And, yeah, and of course, yeah. it aggravates and frustrates you. You're just like, damn, you know, I wish I could have said something to you because now I feel like it's too late. And I feel like that it's too late feeling does also drive in, you know, it drives, it drives kind of like the inspiration for the sad music too. Cause there's been so many situations where it's too late. And, and those moments, all I can really do is just express how I feel and how I felt about the situation. So I'll make a song about it. Wow, bro. You just, Damn, made me think, man. You explained that perfectly, like the too late situations. I think that that drives me to just kind of express my feelings when I feel it, you know, because yeah, it's been a lot of times where I thought like, damn, like I should have said something to that person. I didn't know they felt that way. And yeah. I don't just keep, and then like when you think back on it and you just keep thinking back on it over and over and over, that should have drive you crazy for real. So it's exactly. like, I think that's what furthers me to express my feelings when I feel it, you know? It's like a war. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember I sent you the pictures of the poll I did for Vice interview and the majority voted for you I said I had to uh -huh. ask like what's your relationship like with Vice and how did you meet him um relationship is incredible <laughs> um I met Vice actually so this is maybe about 2020 um I was making music um it was, I was kind of in a group at this time. Di Perry was established, but I was more or less doing group stuff more than solo stuff. So I was in a group at a time and everything was kind of dead. No one was really active and I couldn't really get everybody to be active in the group. So eventually like I kind of left the group and started pursuing my own kind of individual career. But at the time when I was on the group SoundCloud, Vive SoundCloud was kind of like in the related artists because I, you know, Mm -hmm. SoundCloud has this thing to where if somebody, what's the word? Like other other people that listen to you listen to this artist as well. Mm -hmm. So they had his name under a uh, related artist. So I checked his music out and I really liked his music because I was like, holy shit, I, I hadn't heard nothing like this. So I listened to his music. I was like, okay, this shit hard. So I liked some of his tracks and he had found some of my songs and he liked some of my songs. And the rest is kind of history. Like um, one day when I finally kind of left that collective, he was like, yo, no, I put on my story. I was like trying to find a collective to join. And he was like, yo, you should join LM. And then, yeah, the rest is history. But that's, I kind of found him through that, like through related artists. And um, it was random, but I'm kind of glad it happened. So, yeah. Yeah, Vyth makes some fucking amazing music, especially uh, his corpse bin, like Alter, mm -hmm. like that. Oh my god, that shit is 
fucking amazing. I was telling him he should make a song where it's like Vyth featuring Corpsman or Corpsman featuring Vyth. Like, I think that should be fucking amazing. Yeah. But, uh, so when he told you to join NLM, it was like you just you just joined. It wasn't like a thought process behind it. You just said, fuck it, I'll join. Um, yeah. I mean, really, it was it was just like that. Like in that moment, he asked, you know, hey, you want to join NLM? And I was like, sure. So I've been in NLM since like almost three years. Yeah, about three years. So it's okay. been a it's been a ride. <laughs> <laughs> so what's it like working with Vice and being a part of NLM? Man, craziness. It's 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 craziness and it's boredness. It's those two things. And sometimes it can be a little bit dramatic because you have when you have so many different people and so many different personalities, sometimes it can clash. But for the most part, I mean, it's 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 fun. Like, I love everybody genuinely in uh, NLM. You know, it's me, Vive, Quank, Sesh, Zay, um, Rehab. It's, 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 it's definitely it's definitely fun. We have fun like a lot and there's a lot of laughs but um it's really cool and it's also cool to work with people like that because you get to see how other people create their music and how they think and how they come up with their own ideas you know so sometimes we'll have debates on things and we'll talk about things we'll have deep conversation not even about music like it could just be about life or current issues or current news and it's also cool just to see how other people think and it's it's really interesting it kind of makes you think like hmm you know i never thought about something like that like that's kind of i kind of like being around people like that people that can make me think and make me question things it's people i want to be around because i feel like i get smarter that way so yeah it's 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 definitely a really interesting and personal like experience i, I would say being with an alum yeah seeing that um not seeing, but I remember Vice was telling me NLM is like a, like it's more than like a collective. It's like it's just it's a brand. You know what I'm saying? It's like pretty much it's a brand. Yeah. I, would lo- I would love to see y'all do like, I don't know, like vlogs or some shit like on the YouTube channel. I think that would be cool. Man, we were working on something like that. Like I was telling them too. I'm like, bro, we gotta do vlogs because people they want to see like a day to day for us, you know? Because I feel like that's even a more intimate type of setting to what people are now like they're watching your lives you know like they're they're in tune with what you got going on like i think that's it'll be a great idea i know i definitely want to do something like that uh for me personally i want to get into vlogging and youtubing and stuff i feel like that'll be interesting because some people you know they want to know more about me they want to know what a everyday life or a day-to-day for me would be like so i definitely um i definitely want to do something like that and i definitely think nlm should do something like that yeah, because on top of making like super emotional music, if you show somebody your life, they're going to be even more attached to you and want to be more invested in what you got going on. Yeah, of course. So when, so you were saying basically you were looking for a collective mm-hmm. and why hit you up. And the reason, so is it safe to say the reason why you joined NLM is because you actually liked Vyth's music? And that's why you said, okay, I'll join. Yeah, like I knew Vice. Um, the other member, of course, Quank. I had heard from his. I heard one of his songs on uh, somebody's uh, story because you know how on Instagram you could put like music and stuff. Mm-hmm. So they had one of his songs on a story, and I listened to it, and I was kind of like, okay, this is fire. 
I never really did any in-depth research on him in particular. In, uh, in particular, like I never did any like research on him specifically, but I kind of had knew of him. So when I joined the collective, I kind of knew what type of environment and what type of people I was going to be around. Mm-hmm. But once I kind of figured that out, I was like, okay, yeah, this is cool. Like, let me join. You know, I, I fuck with everybody here, so I think this would be cool. You guys are all in Atlanta, right? Uh yeah. Okay, so. When I first joined, the members was me, Vive Quank, uh, Three Nasty, and I think that was it. We don't have a lot. We had a lot of members in the past. Um, I, I, I might be missing somebody, but those were kind of like the people that were in the group. So me, um, I'm based out in Georgia. I'm not currently in Atlanta. At the time, I wasn't currently in Atlanta. But I put Atlanta because it's more known and it's more familiar. Because if I said where I actually was from, people would not know where the fuck it was. So I put Atlanta. Um, That's why I generally tell people Atlanta. Because eh, I live about maybe like an hour away from it. But it's it's a general area people are familiar with. Mm -hmm. Um, Quank and Vipe at that time were in Atlanta. And I think Nasty was maybe in either, I think it was in Florida. And um, I'm not sure where the other members were, but for the most part, yeah, me, we're all kind of in the same state. Uh, me, Vice, Quank, and Rehab all based in Georgia. Okay. So I kind of want to know what was like, so this next, next song, bro, this shit, I was listening to it and that shit legit gave me chills. Cause like in the beginning, it's like, just some cool, like, pop-top vibes, type vibes, you know what I'm saying? And towards mm-hmm. the middle, it's like a, it's like a The weekend, but like a sad, super sad The weekend type vibe. And then towards the end, it's, it, gets, it gets dark, and you're just, like, screaming in the background at the end. So I okay. want to know, what was the process behind the song, Pros and Cons of Loving, loving featuring Yusuf? Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> so... That's kind of, um, that song was like, it's like, I wanted to make something that was kind of so blunt. And I feel like sometimes when romance is discussed in relationships and feelings, it's like censored. Like how you really feel isn't really said. You kind of say it in a way to where you don't want to hurt that person. So in pros and cons and loving you, it's kind of like, okay, here's me being happy. Here's me being aggressive and mad. So me saying, fuck this bitch, fuck this bitch, like repetitively is like how I feel like a lot of people really feel like they're just like, fuck this person. Like, that's how you feel. Cause it's like, why the fuck are you making me be this sad? Why am I this depressed? Why am I questioning things? Like, I, I hate you for this. I love you, but I hate you. So that's why I keep having that kind of repeat itself within the song in the first half of it. And then the second half is kind of like really dark and disturbing. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really catch on to it until I kept re-listening to it. Cause it's kind of like, damn, it's like, it's like a, a yin and yang type in the song. Like, you know, you have that angry side and you have that, Mm, a little disturbing, but a little more lovey, kind of like softer side of the song. Mm-hmm. 
So I don't know. I just really wanted to create something that kind of like contrasted each other, like clashed, I guess is a good word to describe it. I wanted clashing and kind of like mm, contradicting emotions, you know, because I wanted people to kind of question like, hmm, you know, he hates this person. Like he's saying, fuck her. Right. And then at the end of the song, you're just like listening. You're like, "Mm," but it seems like he has more emotional ties with this person. So it's like, what, what does he want? You know, and I want people to have that type of question. Like, what does he want? What does Perry want? Like, what is his end goal? Why does he feel like this? Why does he feel like he hates this person? Like, I want people to ask that question. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like the inspiration or kind of the meaning behind that song. That's why it's pros and cons. You know, the good thing about loving you is that, yeah, you know, we can have this great sex. And then the bad thing is like, you know, we have this drama, we have this arguments, we have this tension, and it makes me hate you. Wow. You know, it's very so, interesting. I didn't really, uh, when, I, when I was listening to the song, I didn't, the pros and, I, the, even though the song is named Pros and Cons, it didn't stand out to me that that's what the song was about. I kind of got more of a, like, I don't, I don't, and maybe this is wrong, but like how I viewed it was like, you know, it felt like a story was being told. Like, again, because yeah. in, in the beginning, it's like kind of like a pop vibe. And it kind of reminded me of like, I guess, the high that you feel when you very first break up with somebody. Like, it's all starting to set in kind of. it, it Not set in, but it's like kind of like, okay, I just broke up with this person. And then towards yeah. the middle, it's like, you're starting to realize like, okay, I'm breaking up with this person. And then towards the end, it's just like, just anger, anguish. Yeah. Like, Amazing. No, you're you're right on the dot. So that that's perfect. <laughs> it's a beautiful song, man. The song is beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Okay, Perry, I want to send you. Um, I want to send you a picture okay. of something. Okay, I'm gonna send you this picture, and I want you to just again describe to everybody listening what's in this picture and what's going on. Okay. Oh, it's a person asking to re-upload "Kill Me" and "Black Swan Lake." Okay, so I was trying to find that on SoundCloud, couldn't find it. I went on YouTube and found it. Another beautiful, amazing song. Why did you initially take that specific song down? <laughs> uh, so, okay, basically, I'll kind of give you the whole rundown. Um, okay, so I listened to a song on SoundCloud that had that exact sample in, but the whole kind of uh vibe of it was different like it was hard i really liked it forgot the whole name of that song but i found the song on um i found the sample from the comments of that song that i listened to and it was from this video game i think it was dark souls i think that was like where it was from so i looked it up found it sampled it made the beat and everything and then i made the song but the song kind of gave me like the like i don't know how to describe it like a like, oh, this is like the last stand type of ordeal. Like, it's the last words that I could say. Like, if I was like in a battle or something, I don't know. It, it gave me like a medieval vibe, like a little memory. Like, I'm thinking of something. Like, this is like a epic conclusion, like an epic conclusion to a story. So, that's kind of why, you know, the first bar of the song was a question. So, like, so this is the life of a savage. Da 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 da. Like, this is like, kind of a question like i'm preaching to people like, this is like an epic medieval music type of ordeal and um i posted it and at first it didn't really get any type of 
attention and then people just kept coming back to it because they loved the piano and they loved the way the piano sounded on it mm. and um i i love the way it came out too because it had a lot of like good ass bars in it and the beat was hard the song was hard but um initially i took i privated the song initially that's what happened um because i had a whole die perry two page that had a bunch of alternative or throwaway songs i would upload to that page so initially i private that and then i um started uploading more of my alternative stuff when i started getting into mode of alternative music i would use the i parry two page to have my alternative music on there and then i took that i took all the alt, alt songs off and then i brought all the hard shit back right so people were happy that the songs were back and then out of <laughs> nowhere my whole that whole page gets clapped like it's gone what? um yeah and i couldn't even try to figure out why i was gone i couldn't log into the page i couldn't even get into my damn email that that page was associated with luckily there's nothing crazy personal on there so i mean damn. it's not like it was the end of the world but that whole page got clapped um i still have the song on my computer i've been procrastinating on uploading it to um Static selection was just kind of like my alt page now, but yeah, it, it's it still exists. It's it's not gone. Um, I will eventually bring it back. <laughs> I wanted to really uh, remaster it and do more cool shit with it, but I can't find the actual project in which I did it on the software. It it, it exists more the more the fact that the actual project exists, but um, the song also exists too. I can't find a project to edit it but I do have the original song still. All all my music that I've made, it's still it's still on my computer. Like okay. no matter if it gets clapped, striked, I still have all my original shit on my computer, which kind of was why I have like a thousand songs on my computer because I have a lot of songs, but um yeah, I didn't I didn't take the song down the last time go around. It got clapped. Like that yeah. not, that whole page just got deleted. So yeah. Yeah, that's smart though that you have everything like basically backed up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I think also most of the time I just like don't delete stuff. Like I just keep it. So yeah, yeah. You know, same thing I do for my interviews. Like I have like the raw uncut, and then I have the edited. I never delete the raw uncut. I never delete any of the, like the uh, you know how how before we started recording, I told you to do like a voice test. Mm-hmm. I never delete those. Like I don't know. It's just I'm fucking weird. I don't. Know. I look at that as like history. I don't know. I'm fucking weird. I just I just never delete shit like that. But uh yeah. fuck what the fuck I was gonna say. Oh yeah, the way that that piano is just perfectly placed throughout the fucking song. That shit is that's what drew me to the song. I was like, damn, this is really good. That's what I was asking, like, why the fuck did it delete? You know, you deleted it, but you said that shit got clapped. So do you still have like that instrumental or Yeah. Yeah. Um well I don't know if I have the instrumental. I know I have the song. I mm. might have it. Um, but the thing is, sometimes I misname stuff. So, like, I'll have it named as something, and then I'll change the name. So, the first thing I named it in, like, my computer, it, it would be under that. It wouldn't be under the new name. So, I think the beat wouldn't even be named the Kill Me in Black Swan. Like, it would probably be named something else, and that's probably one of the reasons why I can't find that or the original project. But, um, yeah, it, it, it's it's somewhere probably in my computer somewhere it's somewhere lurking in the corner or something but yeah it's, <laughs> i still have it i still have all like my songs so i know you were saying that 
one of the samples on there, it's like a from a game, like a Dark Souls type of sound. So when you were making that beat, what was like the vibe you were going for when you were making it? Um, I definitely let me think. I'd say the vibe was more or less like trying to because the original the original song that I had heard that had that sample in it. I just felt like they didn't really do as much with the piano that I wish they could have done. So I think when I was trying to make the beat, I wanted to really highlight the piano because it just sounded so beautiful. Mm-hmm. That dun, 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 Like I wanted, I wanted that to be used more. So that's why I kind of had it in there. And then I also had it where it like doubled a little bit. So I had that in there too. I just really wanted that piano to be used. And whatever shape or form, however it came out, I wanted that piano in there. So it was more or less me trying to, like, I guess, make a better beat, kind of, you know, make a better beat with that uh, sample than the initial song that I heard that had that sample in there. So I was trying to, like, top it and overdo it. Like, yeah, you know, I'm going to make a better beat than that because, damn, they should have used that piano more. Do you like classical music? Um, I like I like it for sampling i oh, wouldn't okay. say i like listen to it um like a lot i will say some classical music are really like good as far as like if i'm if i'm like stressed or something i'll put it on and for some reason it calms me and i remember like when i was in high school i'd have some teachers that let's say we're studying or we're supposed to be reading something they'll mm-hmm. put classical music on i just remember like i don't know why i just couldn't get stressed or I wouldn't feel stressed, or I wouldn't get mad. It's like, it kind of calms you. It kind of makes you think clearer. And I just really like classical music because as far as sampling goes, if it's done right, I mean, you can make some really cool, powerful beats with it. So for sampling, I love classical music because, I mean, the possibilities are endless what you can do with it. Like, I think I sampled another classical song I sampled was like uh on one of my songs uh what was it it was one of my songs i did with zay and it was a sample but um i sampled that one and that's one of my top songs to this day still a really popular song but yeah it was it was it was fun like a lot of my music if i'm not having fun while making it then there's a problem like i i gotta have fun you know if it's if it's on the rap shit if it's on the sad shit that's a whole different topic Mm -hmm. but yeah, I do. I like classical music. Yeah, I, I fucking love classical, man. That shit is like when I when I write my book in order to get like inspiration, I listen to it's this song. I think it's called it's by somebody named Reverie or something like that. Or no, I think the song's called Reverie and the artist's name is Debussy or something like that. Amazing, uh-huh. amazing fuck. Um, I just love classical. It, it just gets the juices flowing, you know. Yeah. And, uh, but going back to what you said about you have to you have to be having fun when you are making when you're rapping. Damn, how do I put this? In what ways do you find yourself like not having fun when rapping? Like what causes you to not have fun when rapping specifically? Um when it feels like I'm trying too hard or it feels like I'm just forcing myself to make a song and it's not like me genuinely trying to make a song. It just feels like I'm just making a song just to make a song, you know, like it, when it comes be like, when it comes to like, 
I, I describe it as robotic, you know, like I'm just doing it to be doing it. I'm not even having fun while doing it. I'm just doing it like because maybe somebody dropped a song and I feel, oh, I got to make something, you know, mm. I feel like the and that's probably why a lot of my like older stuff is more popular because those are like in the moments, you know, like I was having fun. And, you know, I was even if the song had its little faults in there or people didn't like it, I liked it. and. I think people felt that when they listened to like they listened to how much emotion in it, how much ambition. Cause I feel like my earlier music was definitely ambitious. Cause I was getting to a point where I was like trying to find the sound. And once I kind of find it, I was like, okay, let's let's grow this, let's grow this, let's do more with it. So I'd say, yeah, it, when it becomes too like systematic is when I like really don't have fun like i gotta have fun i gotta smile i gotta be able to head bop after i make a song because if i'm not head bopping there's an issue right so i i gotta i gotta enjoy myself it can't feel too forced it has to be has to be a genuine feeling when i'm making my music i mean that's really cool that you noticed that because i feel like a lot of artists they'll they'll like how do i put it they'll know that they're not having fun, but they'll say fuck it and still go along with it and end up putting it out. So it's mm. cool that you acknowledge that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know, how'd you get into like producing music? Because I know you make a lot of your beats. Yeah. So producing I got into around 2020. Yeah. And initially I was more or less using loops. I was already on the software that I was using at the time. I was using like loops and then I would add like sounds on top of the loops. And it really wasn't until I'd say about late 2021 to where, nah, not late, maybe mid 2021 when I actually started making beats. Um, It took more or less for me, not only just experimenting and kind of just putting a lot of man hours into the software I was using at the time um, to really like figure out how to do it. not only with that, but also like going on YouTube and uh, looking at how people make their beats and also just listening to how other beats sounded. Um, I was like, man, this is like, this is really crazy. Like, let me try to do something like this on my own. So it really just took a lot of time of just kind of messing around. And then I finally kind of cracked it. And once I cracked it and I was making them beats, it was nonstop. Like I was just, I kept going, I kept going. And I mean, it just got better and better over time. And I, it got more experimental, more crazy. I kind of like the fact that my production is like that because not every beat will sound the same. Like the only, you know, common thing that some beats that I create might have is like, it might have a crazy ass 808 on there, but everything kind of more for me, when I make my beats, it's all about ear. Like, does it sound good to me? That's kind of how I go for, like, for my beats. It's, it's I have to have an ear for, like, it has to, it has to be something weird that I haven't heard before. Because I don't want to try to replicate anything. I kind of want to have my own unique style of producing. So, what do you think is easier for you to to do? Do you think it's making like the songs, like like singing or rapping, or like making a beat? I'd say it's about even i say probably between rapping singing and making a beat the hardest thing would probably be singing okay okay. more or less because even though i do have like 
filters and stuff on my vocals to kind of give it that extra punch mm -hmm. it is kind of hard because you're trying to hit certain notes and sometimes you fuck up right because you're basically singing and then of course from screaming also you want to you know not blow your voice out because you got to sing also so and singing songs typically take for me longer because it's layered so layering just one line could take 10 minutes compared to just a punch in punch out type of ordeal with just a rapping song but um i'd say yeah it's it's about even i would say like difficulty wise it only becomes difficult when it's just like um when it's just a, a day to where i feel like i just can't create or it's just like mm -hmm. an artist block to where i just feel like oh man i can't make anything like yeah that's the only time it becomes difficult um but most of the time i just start off really just experimenting with sounds and it just the beats kind of the beat kind of makes itself within the end like i don't i don't have anything i specifically go for mm -hmm. especially when i hear samples or i hear sounds i don't have anything i go for it just kind of happens for me tweaking with sounds and messing with stuff that's kind of how like my beats are made most people when they make a beat they might have something they're you know already in their head of what they want to do i don't i kind of just go with the flow okay so let me let me rephrase that question because you said the hardest would be out of out of rapping singing and making a beat the hardest would be singing now mm -hmm. out of rapping singing and making a beat which one would you prefer to do like which one do you like genuinely have the most fun doing or does it does it depend or i'd say it depends more or less on my mood at the time I'd say I like making beats maybe the least. Wow. I actually, and that's not even like in a negative way because I love making beats, mm -hmm. but sometimes it can be stressful if it's not coming out the way I like. Because um, sometimes it can sound good on it, but then damn near when I play it on my speakers and I'm like, oh, I don't like the way it sounds now. Or if I played in my headphones, I don't like the way it sounds. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I'd say um, I'd say maybe like yeah, I'd say it's about kind of even as far as rapping and singing go. Because even though singing can be kind of like long, it'll take longer to do, I still like that. And I still like rapping more too. So I'd say they're about even. Okay. It just kind of depends. It might depend like on if I'm in a happy mood or if I'm in a sad mood. Then of course one will outweigh the other. But just on a normal basis, it, it's about even. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. So right now, if I were to tell you to like make something, what would you prefer to make right now in your current state? A song, like singing or rapping or a beat? Rapping right now, because I just made a singing song and yeah, you did say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I just I just made a singing song and um. I don't know. Like, I, I would rather rapping would be more easy on my voice wise because I'm not trying to compress. Because when I'm singing, I'm really compressing my voice. So I'm hitting, trying to hit certain notes or it's trying to keep that same consistency. So I would rather probably make a rapping song because I can really have fun with it. You know, it's okay if it fucking croaks or it creaks a little bit because hell, that might, that might make the song harder. But for singing, you kind of don't want that. So yeah. I'd definitely probably rather make a rap song right now than a singing one. Nothing against my singing one, but yeah, after after the little shit I just did with uh, Suplex Love, 
<laughs> I'd rather make I'd rather make a little rapping song. I'm not gonna lie. Okay. You know, now this question wasn't on the list, but I, I'm super curious. So when you make a um, when you're making a beat, have you ever had it to where it's like you hear it in your head and then you try to make it and it do not come out the way that you have it in your head? All the time. <laughs> do you ever get past that or is it ever a beat to where it's like you just generally cannot get it at all? Yeah, there's there's a lot of beats that like start off in a way to where I have a vision for it and then it just doesn't come out the way I like. And then sometimes it's just scrap. Like sometimes I just don't come back to it. But um yeah, there's it that happens a lot. It happens a lot. Um and sometimes, you know, I just kind of just even though in my head it sounds better, it's not even that it sounds bad. It's just I wish it had what I really first envisioned it had. Mm-hmm. But I'll still drop the song regardless of how I feel about the beat. Um, but yeah, it, it happens pretty like often, I would say. Yeah, I think that's what's one of the most beautiful parts about making really creating anything, but for this example, we're gonna say music. Like I think Nipsey Hustle said it to where it's like you basically you make something exist that didn't exist. Like type shit, like it's in your head, but you're the only person that, that sees it and knows it. Nobody else knows what the hell you're talking about. Until you fucking create it. You know what I'm saying? So I think, I don't know. I don't, maybe I'm thinking too deep into it, but I feel like that's what, because I used to make beats, but it was really like on some like video game type beats type shit. Like it wasn't like no Mm -hmm. shit you can rap on. It was mainly like some shit, but like you could hear in a video game. But like I think what made me so emotionally attached to it is the fact that it's in my head first and nobody else knows what the hell it is until I put it out there. It's like it comes directly from me. I think that's what the mm-hmm. coolest thing about that is. Does that make sense? Or Yeah. You're bringing something to life that like people didn't even think, you know, people couldn't even conceive that could be made. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what distinguishes my sound because a lot of it is hard to compare. And if I'm making music that's hard to compare to something, then I'm doing a good job. Because, you know, you could, you could try to sense inspirations where you think I might pull my music like from but if I'm making you like trying to put it in a box or trying to figure out what the fuck it is, it's perfect. I'm doing my job. That means the music is coming out the way it should come out and you can't compare it to something. Cause I, in the beginning when I was making music, it was people were comparing, of course, to X and, you know, underground artists, we get that all the time. X, And when I finally started, you know, experimenting with, vocals and really sounding different and kind of distinguishing myself like back in 2021 started getting less and less of that and it started becoming more of the perry sound and what my music will kind of have you know it might be super aggressive or of course like you said it might be sad or might have that you know sad song that depressing song that disturbing song in there so Mm -hmm. yeah you know who I would love to hear you on the song with? I think you guys made something before, but I think y'all singing voices will blend really well. Is you and uh, K? K is dead. Yeah, me and K made a lot of songs. There's some that just never came out. I think there's like a total of two songs that I've never dropped with him. But he was on one of my tapes, which was called "Pass the Bottle," which was a uh, one of my more official alternative tapes that I've dropped. Mm-hmm. But yeah, K is a long time friend. Known him for like years. Love K. We definitely got to make more music, though. <laughs> yeah, Kay, 
The shit he's making is fucking beautiful, man. I love his fucking music. Shout out to yeah. Kay. He's the one that helped me get the uh, interview with Vice. He got me in contact with Vice. So, okay, so now this this next question, it's it's uh so I was listening to your song Fist, which is produced by you. And mm-hmm. I'd say that has to be at least one of the most aggressive sounding songs I've ever heard. Now, mm-hmm. from an artist's perspective, what about that sound attracts you? I'd say I don't know, I have like a weird thing when it comes to distortion. Um listening to a lot of older underground stuff i think the distortion when used in certain ways can actually be like intoxicating or beautiful sounding and you know some people be like oh you know that's too much distortion so this was more or less a meme song to me to kind of like oh okay you know let's let's give you like um a guide on how to make distortion like you know if you wanted to make a beat because at this point, it was kind of like my beats. Some people were like, "Oh, your beats are so distorted." So I was like, "Okay, you know, let let's let's make a theme out of this. Let's let's make a whole song where that's the whole point. That's <laughs> yeah. the point of the song, more or less distorted. Like, fuck the lyrics. Just pay attention to the beat. Pay attention to how crazy the beat is. It probably doesn't even make musical sense, but I'm doing it. I'm making it try to make sense. So, uh, this was kind of just a song that when it came together. I mean, it just really came together and it just became like a fan favorite over time because of how crazy and like kind of uh, non-formulaic it was because it's just something that is in your face. And I just, I don't know, the sound of how I made it, like the 808, I can't even describe the way I was like tweaking the sound to make it sound like that. It was just really me messing it, like messing with it on purpose to make it sound crazy and bass booting the fuck out of kicks, bass booting the fuck out of snares. I just wanted this to hit hard. I wanted it to break speakers. I wanted this to be (laughs) in your face, kind of like a big fuck you song to anyone that's like, Oh, well, you know, you can't make shit like this. Cause I wanted to like, you know what? Yeah. You can, you can make shit that shouldn't even work musically, but I wanted to do something different. Like I wanted to do something that's kind of like to get people's attention to kind of make them question things like, hmm, now, you know, a lot of more people are doing that style of rap now. And I'm not saying I created it. I'm not saying I even pioneered it. Mm-hmm. But I do like the fact that now weird distorted beats are like becoming a normality in the underground community. More people are doing it. More people are using those beats and they're rapping on it and they're creating these fire ass songs from it. So I like that. I like the fact that I hear more of it now. But this was kind of just like, I'd say like a fire starter, like, okay, let's let's start some shit. Let's let's do some weird shit on the beat. And of course, you know, you have people that try to shit on it, but the the love outweighed the shit. So hmm. okay, okay. <laughs> I, I I like that fact. But yeah, Fist was like kind of like a like a meme, kind of like a little nudge, like, oh, you, you know, you want distortion? I'm gonna give you distortion. <laughs> Boom, bass drop. As soon as I did the little opera shit, and that opera shit that you hear in the beginning of the song was not planned it kind of just um initially i was gonna have like pianos or something in it but it just wasn't sounding right because the 808 was just so fucking crazy and like overpowering so that's why i had the little singing in the beginning because me talking just kind of felt too empty so i wanted to have like kind of just you know you don't know what you expect you know you're thinking the opera shit's gonna be throughout the song but it's not 
So when I did have that bass drop and when it dropped, it was crazy. It, it just worked perfectly. So, yeah. You know, I was listening to uh, your song, Doves Cry, and mm-hmm. there's certain parts of the song that's like super hype. And then there's parts that it's emotional, but it's like a like you're screaming. It's emotional yeah. screaming. So what do you personally feel is like the best way to get out of motion in the song, singing or screaming? I'd say, I'd say you need a little bit of both, honestly. Um, I'd say probably first, maybe some singing. And then that's why I like a lot of my songs, singing songs, rarely, now I'm starting to do it more, but I'll have some screaming parts layered over the singing stuff because mm-hmm. I feel like when you're singing it, you can feel that emotion, right? But when you add that screaming in there, you could really feel that pain you can feel that frustration you can really feel that because sometimes you can't feel all of that and within the singing and also screaming sometimes it feels really good to kind of release that emotion release that stress release that anger release all that tension mm-hmm. and i feel like if you have both of them and if you're using both of them in a good way like correctly and you're able to like fuse them together i feel like that's really like the best way to like really encapture how you're feeling. But if I really had to put one on a pedestal, I'd say maybe maybe screaming. I'd say because screaming has that like outlying effect to where it really like leaves an impression on you. It, it, it's something that you pay attention. When someone's yelling in a room, usually your senses are up. You're like, oh who's yelling? Like your attention is there. More or less singing can kind of get your attention might not be there all the time. Mm-hmm. Like it, it could be there, but it could kind of fade away a little bit. And when I'm yelling and I'm yelling in your face, I have your attention. So I'd say screaming. Yeah. When it comes to me personally, I'd rather hear like emotion through like singing. And that's mm-hmm. only because sometimes when I hear like somebody like fucking just screaming, like in a fucking song, like I could be perfectly fine. And then I'll just feel angry. Like, that music yeah. like i can be perfectly fine but as soon as i hear that i get angry like it makes me mad like that's why i try not to listen to that type of shit because i'll be all right and then i'll just feel angry out of nowhere and uh mm-hmm. it kind of screaming kind of gives me the vibe of like going to a rage room like just destroying shit have you ever been to a rage room Mm-mm. yeah so you know what it is a rage room yeah we're just going in there just Got, they got some loud Black music shit, playing. Yeah, having fun. Yeah. Man, whooping ass, man. Beating the shit out of an inanimate object. But, I uh, want to go to one. <laughs> yeah, I've never been. I always wanted to go. So I, I want to know, like, what's something besides music that helps you deal with, like, your emotions, whether it be sadness or anger? Mm, I'd say watching movies, um, hanging out with friends. Um hell sometimes just go on outside of my house touching grass or just breathing oxygen like just little things you know what i mean spending time with my family stuff like that kind of really i'd say subdue emotions because you're in the moment now you're not thinking about shit that you can't control you're thinking about stuff that you can control and in those moments it's 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 clarity it's it's peace and those those interactions I have um, really kind of help a lot besides music. And how long did it take for you to find those like things to help you subdue emotions? Um, well, 
I'll say when I was in college, because I did do college for a little bit, um, I'd say that's more or less like where a lot of my aggression came from because kind of felt alone a lot um, when I was making my music. Uh, this is around 2021. No, between 2019 and 2021, because that's kind of where I like started. No, no, hold on. I'm trying to get these dates right. 2019 and 2020. And then around 2021 um, is when I kind of like moved back then with my parents and stuff like that. And that's kind of where I started getting those interactions where, okay, I don't just need to make music to kind of feel at peace. But between 2019 and 2020, those were like alone moments in my life to where I didn't really feel like I had anyone. And music really was the only thing that I really had at that point. So that's kind of where a lot of that anger came from. And if you listen to my older music, that's where you kind of hear some of that. Like my songs that I made in 2020, you'll hear a lot more aggression, you'll hear a lot more distortion, you'll hear a lot more of that, because I really felt pain at that time, just because I was alienated, I was alone, I didn't really feel like I had anyone I could talk to, and I was dealing with a lot of depression. It was a really dark time in my life. But eventually, once I was around, more people started making more friends, more interactions, that came. So I'd say like 2021, up, to, up until now is when I really started having those type of experiences to where I feel like, okay, I don't need to just make music to release. I don't need to just make music to kind of be my therapy. I have people that I can rely on and I have people I can talk to. What, what did you study in college? Um, I think it was like, I was trying to get a degree in like business, but I, I ended up dropping out just because it wasn't something that I felt I wanted to pursue. I felt like it was I was just there to be there. You know, I wasn't my interest wasn't fully there. So how how many years did you do? Um, I don't even think I made it like a year. I think I, I think it was up to a year, but I didn't really finish anything. Like I just decided to stop going. Well, you and, know um, oh, go ahead. Yeah, well, no, I was just saying like I just basically stopped going and dropped out. And, yeah. I was going to say, at least you came to that conclusion because I feel like there's so many people, man, so many kids who they go to college and they try to get a, they get their degree, get their bachelor's or whatever, get their associates, whatever they get. And then they're not even happy with that shit. Like, so I think it's cool that you understood, you know what, maybe I don't want to do this. because I feel like there's probably mm -hmm. some people right now who, whether they be lawyers or doctors or whatever the case may be, they did that. Now they have that career and they're not even happy. So I think yeah. it's best to do whatever makes you happy, you know. I'm super curious about this. How do you choose, like, what goes, like, on your archive page? And, like, some, because some of the songs, I think, deserve to go on the main page. So what do you think mm -hmm. de deserves to go on the archive page? Like, how do you, you know what I'm saying? Usually I try to go for stuff I can see consistent. One, when I make music, it has to, the first thing first, it has to be something that, I myself like, um, regardless of anything, it has to be something I like first. Mm -hmm. And um, of course I care, you know, if my audience like it, but my opinion on my songs matter the first. And I feel like that should kind of be for everybody. Um, Cause I want to make music for me at the end of the day. If people like it, I mean, that's a bonus, right? But it has to be something that I myself enjoy. And um, 
as far as dropping music on my main page, it really just depends on how I'm feeling about certain songs in that certain circumstance. Like if I feel like this song is something that not only I like that other people will like, then I'll more or less drop it on my main page. If I feel like it's something that I just like, but I don't feel like other people are gonna like, then I'll go on my archive page. And that might not even be that other people don't even like it. It's just the way I'm thinking about how this song is gonna do and this, that, and the third, basically. That's kind of like how I determine whether or not something's gonna go on either my main page or my archive page, if that makes any sense. Okay. Because one of the songs, I think my favorite song that's on the archive page is probably uh, Hootie Roll. Do you, do, you, yeah. do you have a favorite archive song, if you had to choose one? Um. Yeah, there was a song I made that was on I think it was like summer vibes or something like that. It was a whole alt. That was like my first alternative project that I made. And there was a song on there called Gwen's house. And that song was like my favorite fucking song. I still have the song, but that was like my favorite, like alt song that Gwen's house was like my top one. I liked, um, no windows. I like that one. A lot of people like the, um, Oh, there's another one I forgot. Uh, it was like it was one of my top fucking songs, so people like that one. Um, mm, uh, Let off steam, I like that one. Um, and as far as like my newer ones, I like uh, ball gag. I like uh, this is on the static selection page. I like ball gag. I like uh, Maria for a night, misery, Grinch. I don't know. I have a lot of favorites. So would you ever consider putting those on the main page, like your favorites or no? Um, well, since I already dropped it on my archive page, probably not. Okay. But um, you never know. Maybe in the future, I might just say fuck it and just do it. <laughs> now, I want to know the creation behind Horse. Because I want to say it's a collective, but it's not because it's just you and one of the artists named Carlos. Mm-hmm. So yeah, crucify Carlos. What was the creation behind Horse? Uh, so this was well, so basically what happened was me and Carlos like, um, I I think I don't know how long I think it's been like two years or something. But um, me and Carlos we like always made hard shit every now and then together, and. When I started doing my alternative, I know I noticed he liked it. And um, I don't know, I wanted to do my alternative with like someone else. Like I wanted to have somebody feature on it. And he just so happened to be someone that I didn't initially think of trying to put him on a song. But because me and him already made songs together, I was like, you know what? He might be able to, you know, match the energy or match the vibe of the song. Cause that was like kind of my fear of trying to put someone on a song that I've made. Cause it's like, oh, can they match the vibe? Can they like, make it sound good too you know mm-hmm. so when he hopped on the first song that i think me and him did was call me when you're lonely that was the first song we did and at first i made that as open and i was planning on dropping that on my main page but then of course you know i got into my overthinking shit and i was like oh i don't know so he wanted a he wanted a song to drop so i made it open for him and um he ended up dropping that song so um we did that song. Then shortly after that, I don't think we did anything for a while. 
And that song was like getting popular like this, 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 this. And I was still making alternative music, of course. So then the next song we did was uh, Fornication. And then after that, you know, Fornication, when we did that song, people really liked that song. They were like, damn, you know, you and him need to keep making shit. And I thought to myself, I was like, damn, you're right. Like me and him do need to keep making those type of songs. So I remember I was at work and I was thinking of like some type of group name. And initially I wanted to name us Thumb. Like, I don't know why, like, you know, you know, like on your finger, thumb, yeah. like that's what I wanted to name us. But I looked it up, of course, you know, with every name I want to like figure out, like, okay, does this band name already exist? And of course there was already a metal band by the name of Thumb. Bruh. So like, Fuck. <laughs> yeah. So then I was going to do Heroin Horse. I don't know why. I just like weird names. Um, I was going to do that. And then I was like, mm, I don't know about Heroin Horse. There wasn't any band, I think, with that name. But of course, you know, I, I, it just it didn't work out. I didn't want to have that name. Um, and then, of course, I wanted Horse. And then I was like, okay, I feel like that's too generic. I feel like there's a band, of course, called Horse. And there was literally a name of a band called a band named Horse. So, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't do that. So then eventually I was like, what if I just... Cause I wanted horse. I, I wanted that name. I was like, what if I can flip that? So of course you have the other version of horse, mm-hmm. which is when you're describing, I guess, you know, like the cracking of your voice or a harsh sounding vocal is horse. Mm-hmm. Right. So someone's like, Oh, I'm sorry. My voice is a little horse or that song, the artist, his voice is horse. And I feel like because I've screamed so much, some of my vocals can kind of come off horse. They're not, I wouldn't say my vocals are perfect, but they're definitely unique. So I feel like that kind of fit more or less our music style because me and him more or less do more harder shit anyway. So I feel like us singing, not only it being harsh in our vocals, but more or less harsh, like in the way, I guess the, um, how, do, how do I describe it? Like the way the vibe of the song is like, it's harsh, like it's sad. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where horse kind of banded. And it's funny because I had all this like planning out in my head. And when I finally told him, I was like, okay, you know, you down. And he was just on board. So uh, I created the SoundCloud, got us kind of started. You know, some people were confused. I'm like, is horse like a, is it like a collective? You know, is it like a, what is it? And I told him it's basically it's a group. So me and him, it's just one, it's one thing. We're one unit, which is mm-hmm. horse. And, um, it's more or less like depression pop. I would describe it as a, as a genre. It's alternative depression pop because our music kind of has a sadder feeling to it. And it's, it's a little side project that me and him have. It's, it's not something that I mostly focus on, but um, I think we might drop soon. I don't know when we're going to drop, but that's kind of how Horse kind of like came together. You know, mm-hmm. me and him really enjoyed making singing songs together. So we just decided, hey, why don't we just do it as just one like group and just call it horse and it it worked out perfect so do you ever get worried like um when when you're like because you make a lot of screaming music do you ever get worried that you may like have troubles with your voice when you get older or uh i mean yeah yeah that comes with it i mean there's been times where i've like completely like fucked up my voice mm-hmm. so but of course it's it, it, it heals over time Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, I, I have those words from time to time. 
Yeah, that's my first time asking the artist that makes like screaming music that I always wonder like I wonder if they'd be like worried if they gonna fuck up their voice. Yeah. So how did you meet Carlos? Um, I think um I think he was maybe like a fan of my music, and that's maybe how we had our interaction. It's been a while, so I could be wrong on that, but I th- I'm pretty sure that's kind of like how that kind of happened. Um, and then, of course, just talking with him, like DMing him, having little conversations. And then, of course, I checked out his music. I was really a fan of his music, too. So me and him kind of just came together and we just started making music. So it was really on the Internet, for real, for real. Like, um, I think he is based out of Texas, if I believe so. That's kind of how that whole interaction like came together. Okay. So was there ever like talks of adding Carlos to NLM or is he like NLM by association type of thing or? Uh, he is not. Uh, he is in his own collective, which is, I think, lore. I think that's the collective. Um, but there, there wasn't because NLM hasn't really recruited anybody new um, as far as their current roster. We are looking for producers. But as far as artists, like uh, we, just in general, we weren't really considering any, even adding any more artists to our like roster. Okay, so you're saying there's basically there was no talks of him joining NLM. Okay. So what type of producers are you guys looking for? Um, someone that can like complement our sound, I would say. Um, it kind of I don't really know because. The way my music is set up and the way it kind of is, I have my own personal taste as far as beats go. So me personally, I, I like I like more distorted beats. Sometimes they like more sample-based beats or something more fast-paced or sometimes something more slow-paced. So just just some hard beats, for real, for real, that like complements our sound. That's something that fits, I would say, our sound is like the type of producers we're looking for. Me, I don't really need any producers. I am my own producer, but mm-hmm. for them, because they don't really make beats like that, they are looking for someone that can kind of like help us, you know what I mean? Like help us progress our sound, basically. Okay. So when it comes to static selection, like what is it a what what is it just like a a side page or because it says it's not a collective not a group we just post music yeah so, I so see, okay initially static selection which i guess it kind of still is i just haven't really been on my shit like static selection was really supposed to be a uh page to where i just showcase other people in the soundcloud that i feel like don't get enough attention so that's what that whole the purpose of that page was like i wanted to you know, highlight like people like Crucify Carlos or people like Def Head, like other artists I feel like weren't getting enough attention. I wanted to kind of post and, you know, kind of edit or DJ, you know, their songs and like upload it to the static selection page. Cause it was supposed to be like a whole big brand thing that I kind of had going on. And I mean, it still kind of is, but I'm not really just proactive on it. I'm still more proactive on my Die Perry page. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's that's initially kind of what it was supposed to be, like just a page to kind of just upload music in the underground, you know, like up go, upload people in the underground. And yeah, that was like the vision, 
I guess, for the static selection page. Now it's really kind of like my archive page now since I don't have one since it got clapped. So that's kind of what I've been using it more or, lo more or less for. But um, yeah, that's, that's kind of what static selection is for. It'd be cool if you could turn static selection into like a like a like a playlist on Spotify. That'd be cool. Yeah, no, that would be fire. So, but you said so. There's there's still an archive page of you up though. So is that like not yeah. run by you? No, it's not. It's a uh, it's the fan made archive page, and I think they uh they started theirs like after my shit got deleted. <laughs> so they started theirs up to like I guess try to like bring back some songs out that I guess people would like um to hear. So yeah, I'm not I'm not sure who runs it. You know, I'm not against the page or anything. I actually liked one of the songs on there because I had Hootie Roll in there and I yeah. didn't have to re-upload Hootie Roll. So um yeah, uh it's it's not ran by me at all. Okay, I'm not sure who runs it. That's interesting. So I kind of want to know like by the way, we're halfway done with the interview for everybody listening. Thank you for everybody sticking in there this long. Also, thank you for Perry for sticking in here, making me, letting me like fucking ask him these questions for this long. I appreciate him for still rocking with me. Um, I want to know when you make your music, like what is like the main agenda that you try to get off? Like, let's say if all of your songs are one huge story, what do you think would be like the moral of that story? um release and i mean release because i feel like and this is more for more catered i guess towards the um aggressive side but that can be used more on the singing side but i feel like throughout daily life um we're kind of compressing the way we feel we're supposed to you know act a certain way, be a certain way, talk a certain way, dress a certain way. But I feel like in the moment when I'm creating my music, it's 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 expression, right? Because you're expressing sometimes frustration, sometimes how you feel, especially the fact that I work like a nine to five. So of course I have to deal with people all the time. Sometimes you want to, you know, kind of curse people out, but you can't do that, of course, because yeah. then you're losing jobs. And, you know, I feel like that's just, with people in general, you know, you have to answer to some high authority power all the time, or you have to act a certain way so people don't judge you in a certain way. And I feel like when people listen to my music, I want them to kind of let go of any premonitions or anything that they think they're supposed to do or they're supposed to be. I want people to kind of be free when they listen to my music. I want it to be like a, a release. A release from all the bullshit in life, all the nonsense, all the noise, just a release. They can just listen to it and they can enjoy themselves. Because if they're not enjoying if they're not enjoying the music I'm creating, then I mean shit, it is what it is. But I want people to try to enjoy the music I create. Because I want it to be therapeutic for them. I want them to relax. I want them to get lit. I want them to, you know, if you're sad, come to it. You know, don't hurt yourself. I want you to listen to the music that I make that's sad. And I want you to kind of release maybe that depression you feel or release all of the guilt or ill will that you feel. I want you to be at peace with yourself by the time the song is done. Yeah. How does your family and friends feel about the music you make? Um, my friends get it. My family doesn't, <laughs> but they're supportive of it. 
um that's cool they um they see like the vision and they see they see how it's progressing and they see how um it's it affects me they see how passionate i am about it so that they do support because they do believe in whatever you're, you're passionate in you should um you should succeed in it or you should follow it you know follow your dreams basically is what i'm trying to say that's that's what they believe in and so they they kind of they, they support it they they like the fact that um i'm finding something that i like to do and i'm pursuing it okay that's cool that's cool i want to know like because you said when you were growing up your parents only basically played gospel music around you basically mm-hmm. so like coming from older people who only listen to gospel music what was like their reaction when they heard like your aggressive shit throw it off <laughs> um, really yeah they were like you know are you okay no oh, yeah of course I'm not okay but um it was definitely like alarming i remember it was funny because um i had a doctor's visit one time <laughs> my mom like printed out my lyrics it's one of my songs and like she gave it to the doctor and i was like I was in the room when this happening shit because at first I thought it was a regular checkup. I mean, that's basically what it was. And then she was like, also, um, I don't know if this means anything, but uh, I printed out some of my son's lyrics. You know, they're very alarming. Um, but, you know, it's nothing. I, I Nothing came from him, of course, you know, because he was a fucking doctor. He's not a damn psychiatrist. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, it was funny. But, um, yeah, over time, they kind of just let me do my own thing, you know, because... Um, when I'm when I'm making my music, especially aggressive, I want to paint a picture. Like I want I want you to I want it to be a visual representation in your mind of what I'm rapping and what you feel. And I kind of like disturbing people in a way with my music because it gets them out of the norm of what they're usually listening to. Cause I feel like some sometimes there's a little bit of beauty in being a little vulgar. You know, it's 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 so it seemed as so bad. You know, oh, you're being so you're cursing all the time. You know, you're being so aggressive, you're being so dark. I kind of like that because it 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 gets people out of their comfort zone, and sometimes it's uncomfortable. But I feel like sometimes we need to be uncomfortable, and we need to get out of that comfort. We need to get out of that innocence. We gotta we gotta be a little bad sometimes. Hmm. I feel like that's kind of my philosophy on things. I feel like bad and good has to coexist. I don't think there should be a universe without bad. I don't think there should be a universe without good. I think it has to be some form of, um, what's the word? Duality. Some form of, uh, yeah, yeah, duality to it. That's interesting. I believe, uh, I believe the same thing, like, you know, without good there cannot be evil without evil there cannot be good i but i kind of you know believe that uh or dichotomy that's another word you can use there has to be a dichotomy to it you know yeah yeah i kind of believe that you should uh like thrive to be on the side of good when it comes to like uh interacting with other people if that makes Mm -hmm. sense yeah of course because i feel like there's a lot of like you know not to get too like deep into it but I feel like there's a lot of people who like believe in duality and believe in a good and evil and they believe that they can do fucked up shit to people and then do something good behind that you know mm-hmm. yeah that it just kind of it gets kind of like scary some like 
certain philosophies, like also like nihilism or people believe in like, uh, again, if, if somebody believes in this, it, it's you know, all power to them. You know what I'm saying? I have no issue yeah. with anybody who believes in anything. Uh, but the, the nihilism thing is like, kind of like scary how people believe that like, basically they believe, believe in nothing. Like the philosophy of believing in nothing and that nothing matters. Like it's super mm. dangerous to have that, you know, mind pattern, you know, especially from coming from somebody who like really loves psychology that's such a dangerous philosophy like believing in nothing matters you know like very very mm -hmm. scary i want to know what was like um what were the lyrics that your mom had printed out to the doctor do you remember i don't even remember bro i it was just like some really fucked up shit like they <laughs> talked about like chopping somebody up and like okay making yeah. somebody eat it or something yeah it was it was, it was some demented stuff <laughs> yeah, from a parent's perspective, yeah, I'd be tripping too. I ain't gonna lie. Like, what the hell? Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to send you a link of something, and and again, I'll, I'll probably send you a lot during this interview. But that's how like I like to do my interviews. I like to send people shit during the interview. Mm -hmm. So I want to send you a link to this, and just let me know like what you think about it. Mm, okay. So how do you feel about that? Um, it's crazy because this song is like <laughs> it, it, it it's a song that I didn't initially like I dropped it. I actually planned on dropping this song on my main page, but I never got to. Um I don't even know if I ever got to release the song in general. The song actually got leaked. No way. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. The song got leaked. Um, it's like, I think I have it reposted on my SoundCloud. But it got leaked because I like played it for somebody because it was an older song. And I don't think I even ever released it. I think I planned on releasing it, but I never did. But um, yeah, I had heard basically that LeRae guitar uh, from Trippy Red, and I just really liked it. Like, I wanted to sing on top of it. And even though most of the time he was talking an actual song, I wanted to actually sing on it. So... When I made the song, um, this was like kind of one of my first like instance of using the little screams as the ad libs and the screams in the background. Mm -hmm. So I kind of wanted you to kind of feel like the frustration I felt like in the song. Because I felt like I've been in so many situationships to where it's like the relationship isn't even the problem between me and this person it's outside forces that are kind of like involving themselves within the relationship and that's kind of the undoing of it so that's like where the frustration and the screams came from um especially in the slow down part and yeah it just it, i guess it just became a song that a lot of people related to and a lot of people liked so yeah it's 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 a classic i still listen to it from time to time but um I was laughing when you said that because that's that's a lot of people's favorite song too, a uh, favorite a favorite like treasure song for me, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, for everybody listening, that song is called "My Friends Don't Like Your Friends, But That's Okay." Larray remix. That's what it's called on YouTube. And in the yeah. comment section, you said, "Honestly, I hate this song, but people asked about it." So, what at that time? What did you not like about the song? Um, I don't know. Like, I guess it was because I kept hearing it a lot. I've listened to the song so many times. I guess it's like one of those songs, artists, you know, when you're constantly asked about the song or you're constantly like, 
listening to it. And then, of course, you don't even think it's your best work. But a lot of people still like that song over any other songs that you've done. And I've grown to kind of like, you know, acknowledge that and kind of not be like such a prick about it. But <laughs> yeah, it's 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 one of those songs that is just like it, it's I've heard it so many times where I'm like, yeah, I, I dislike it. But now I mean I, of course I like it because you know it's an older song and I've appreciated it more. But during the time I was like not really a fan of it. And that's probably why I never got to post it on my main page. Cause it was like, eh. but I think that song is like at 40 K or something on SoundCloud. It's, it's, it's high up there on the stats. It's like at, no, nah, it might be at like 20 K. I don't know. 40 K might be a reach, but it's, it's up there. It's, it's up there. I want to know what's it like working on the beat. with another producer? Cause the song, um, Say so. It was produced by you and a producer named Waff Waif. Waff Waff Yeah. Um, yeah. So now nah, I think that was like me and his fourth uh, collaboration. So basically, he would like send me a melody, and um, I would kind of do the rest. But um, yeah, it's it's fun because he doesn't know what uh, the finished product is going to be like. So it's always kind of fun when I do finish the song and he hears it because it's like it throws him off guard because he's like, whoa, like, wh- how did you do this? Or like, you know, it, it, it leaves him speechless. And I really like that. But yeah, I like I like collabing. Like I rarely collab with someone on the beat. Usually him and like a few other people are like the only people I'll kind of work with as far as like collabing. I rarely do that. Most of the time I just produce myself because I like producing myself because I don't have to worry about someone nitpicking if you know I collab with them or something. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it, it's 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 fun. It's always fun because they never expect to see what you're gonna do with it, you know. And once you do do something with it, they end up liking it. You know, I've never been in a situation where someone didn't like what I did with the beat or the sample. So yeah, it's it's always fun. It's fun to get their reaction. You know, seeing how lit they are when they listen to it, and them sending me videos of them listening to it. Like it's it's a good interaction. Like I know, um, Clank is on that song. So what? How'd you guys come about choosing him to be on that song? Actually, I didn't know he was gonna get on the song because I finished the song, I sent it to him, he heard it, and then he was like, "Yo, Clank wants to be on the song." And I didn't even know that because I guess he was talking to Clank, and I. Guess he wanted Quake on his tape because he's putting together a tape, mm-hmm. and th- this was supposed to be one of the songs on the tape, but he ended up releasing it as a single. But uh, I guess Quake had wanted to get on the song because he heard it because we're all in group chat, and I had sent a snippet of the song in the group chat, and I also emailed it to him. So I'm guessing maybe Quake heard it in the group chat, and he's like, "Okay, I want on it," and that's kind of how that happened. That's I didn't cool. even hear his verse until the song dropped. Oh wow! Well, the song dropped. That was yeah. That was like the first time I heard the verse too, and I was like, okay, he did his shit on it. So, how did you? Yeah, meet that's kind of how that happened. You said, huh? How did you meet Quank? Oh, okay. So, I met Quank. Like, um, so of course, like I said early in the interview, I had like heard about him, but um, before I even met up with them, like in real life, we was kind of having like discord you know talking sessions on um on discord and you know we'll be in voice chat and we would just talk um and that's kind of how that happened um he didn't really have his own soundcloud i don't think i think he did i think he didn't i don't know if he had one 
yeah, he did have a SoundCloud. Um, he had a few of his songs uploaded on there, but most of his songs were on NLM. Um, but when I did finally meet him, I mean, it was a it was a funny interaction because me and him are damn near almost like the same height. I think he's like a tad bit taller. I'm like taller than uh, not Quang, but uh, Vice. So that was interesting. But um, yeah, uh, he's definitely a he's definitely a character. He's a he's I would say he's probably the most unhinged person in NLM. <laughs> like sometimes I would think myself unhinged. Like if I'm in my comfort zone, if I'm you know, of course, if it's a new environment, I'm more quiet. But he's unhinged. Like he is a definition of like I'm gonna do some crazy shit, and I don't yeah. give a fuck. I seen that. I seen it. <laughs> He's the embodiment of that. Like I, I swear, I don't. I hope people don't. Like, it's just like an act. It's not like this is how he really is. Like he, <laughs> he's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I seen a video of him beating the shit out of somebody. Man, he stomped on a nigga head. Man, that yep. shit had me crying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he's, he's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's it like uh, working with Quink? Um, I'd say. It's it's interesting. Um, sometimes it's really easy. Sometimes it's really hard. Like Hula Hoop, that song was a uh, funny story. What happened was I wasn't driving it. I I damn st- I like just started driving because I had just got my license this year, which is a little too late. I know people are gonna judge me, but it's 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 a it's a long story. But anyway, yeah. he actually drove all the way from ATL to where I'm at to make the song and we recorded that in the car oh, wow. <laughs> uh, yeah we actually made that whole hula hoop song in the car and we were just make, we was pumping out hella songs that night anyway but yeah we made that in the car but that was probably one of the easiest sessions usually for me personally i'm not really that picky with beats for him he's a little more pickier with beats than i am personally um he just has more he likes a certain sound, I guess, for his 808s or his the way he wants his beats to sound. Me personally, I don't typically... When it's solo shit, yeah, if I'm collabing with someone, I really don't nitpick that much on the beats. So sometimes we won't even, like... Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes, like, the beat, he fucks with it. Easier for him to get on it, and it just works. Sometimes we can't even find a beat um, because he just doesn't like it. So it just, it kind of depends. Um, it's definitely interesting because seeing how he records and how I record is like two different things. The way he makes his music is a lot different than the way I make my music. But it's, um, it's, 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 it's interesting. It's a cool experience. I'd say it would probably be a little more easier making songs with, I think, Vibe than it would be with Quank because Quank's a little more picky. Okay. That's understandable. Yeah. So... I actually forgot to put this down as a question. I just thought of it just now. What made you want to make the music video for the song Lift Him? Um, well, I it wasn't Lift Him was not my first music video. Um, I made music videos in the past around 2019, even earlier than that. I was making music videos, uh, but I wasn't. I think I only uploaded like a few of them and then I like deleted some of them. Like I deleted a lot of them because they were cringe because it was like when I was super young when I made them. But uh, for Lift Him, at that point, the song was really blowing up kind of. And I was like, okay, this this needs a video. Like 
it, it, it went crazy, it went ballistic. And um, this YouTuber by the name of Dark Tones had actually contacted me because he heard the song and he fucked with it. And he made me- music videos. He more or less is popular for like his AMVs. But um, shout out to Dark Tones. Um, he hit me up, you know, because he heard Lift Them. Because at this point, everybody was hearing Lift Them. And he's like, yo, we got to do a music video to Lift Them when I come to ATL. So I'm like, all right, bet. So uh, he ended up coming to ATL. Um, I ended up meeting him there. We came to this like little spot and we made it. And I mean, it was it was like my first music video in like I think two years. So when we made Lift Him, it was like cool. It was like a cool ass experience for real, for real. Cause it was like it was like my first music video in a while. And then I was at, like in public too. Cause my other music videos, I was like in a neighborhood. Like this was actually in public. Um, but yeah, it was it was cool. The whole thing came together. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. Okay. Yeah, because when you look up uh, Die Perry on YouTube, this is the only music video that pops up. So you said you deleted the mm-hmm. other ones. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I want to know, were you there? when you, Were you performing um, in Atlanta for the Ripper, Rippers Club show? Yes. How was that? Um. Man, that was crazy. Um, hopefully, I can get more footage from that show because there was like I think two songs. I don't know. We had we had our uh, video dude Jacob, only one Jacob, I think, on Instagram. He shot most of that for us. I think there was maybe like one or two songs that he maybe missed from our set, but um, it was it was amazing. Um, got to meet Dirty Butt. Got to meet Walt. Got to meet that whole Death Proof. Uh, the death proof people that was pretty cool mm-hmm. and it was my first show in like years so i mean it was cool it was my second show ever that i ever done um which a lot of people were shocked wow. Man, <laughs> but cool. um yeah it was it was fun um it was really fun the energy was there uh of course i was nervous but i mean i still went out showed out and i forgot how tiring also performing was because when i performed that oh my god like I was tired off after like the third <laughs> song, I was pretty fucking tired. So I had to like I had to knock myself into it. I was like, okay, come on. Like Perry can't be no bitch. Let's keep going. So I kept doing the shit, kept doing it. Um I had a blast. It smelled like weed and must in there, which is you know, your typical underground show is gonna smell like that. Like as soon as we walked in, we smelled like straight weed. And then, you know, it was also cool because I figured out that I was a lot more known because I have an issue with like, I guess I don't think I'm that big, if that makes any sense of an artist, but people keep telling me I'm like huge. And I don't, me personally, I just don't think I'm that big of an artist. But when I was there, I ended up meeting like a few people that I guess recognize me. Like as soon as me, Quank and um, Rehab walked in, you know, people were like, oh shit, it's Quank, it's Perry. And I was like, damn, people know me. Like that's fucking cool as hell. You know, so I dapped up a few people that knew me and um, another dude that was there. He uh, had listened to a song that I did with an artist named Simtex. Um, I think it was on Static Selection. It was called Brock. So he uh, he knew that song and it was cool. It was just the whole environment was cool. You know, people were turned. They were lit. The energy was there. So it was it was fun. That shit makes me want to do more shows. So hopefully in the future this year, I can get more shows lined up. Yeah, for sure. I'm looking I'm looking forward to seeing NLM doing more shows. I think that'd be super cool. Hell yeah. And as far as NLM, they have done a lot more shows that uh, you could probably see on YouTube, like New York, 
think they did one in North Carolina. They've done a lot of more shows. That was like I think my first time actually performing with them. Well, oh, as a group. Well, it was really just me and Quank. Vife unfortunately couldn't make that show yeah. due to like family issues and stuff like that. Yeah. But it was like my first time actually performing with NLM, I guess you could say. Okay. So what do you think is like your favorite part about performing? Um, Just the reaction you can get from the crowd. Like, I mean, especially, you know, if people know your lyrics too and they recite it, I mean, that's, that's really cool. But it's just fun really like kind of, I don't know, when I'm performing, I just feel like I am a vessel. And the music is like kind of the guy, like the music is something that is guiding me. So I'm just going with the flow. I'm kind of embodying my music when I'm performing. So I really like that aspect of it to where you're kind of like, you know, you made your song, you did everything. Now you just got to perform it. So I become the music essentially when I perform. So if it's lit, you're going to see me jumping up and down. If it's sad, you're going to see me like in my feels like, it's it's a really intimate type of setting, and a lot of people don't think that. They think you're just, you know, getting on stage. I mean, it takes a lot to get yeah. on a stage, especially in front of a whole bunch of people, to even perform, you know. And uh, one thing that I do when I perform, I don't really look at people in the crowd. I kind of just, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm looking at, but I'm not looking at people, if that makes sense. I'm kind of just in the moment and kind of embodying that and just, like, going crazy and getting lit and moving around a lot. I try not to stand in one place because then if I'm standing in one place, I'm looking at something. So I'm always constantly moving. Yeah, um, and the show, that's what I was constantly doing. I was like moving around a lot because I didn't want to stay in the same place. And besides, I was tired too. So if I, I, if I knew I like stood still for a long period of time, I would like probably pass out. So that's why I kept moving, 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 moving. Because wow. that's Damn. essentially what you want to do when you're performing. You don't want to just stand still for too long. You want to keep moving. You want to you want to engage the crowd. You want to get people moving. Okay. When you when you said um, you feel like you're just a vessel for the music. It reminded me of a horror movie. Uh, you may have seen it's called Suspiria. Suspiria. Mm-mm, I haven't seen that one actually. Okay, so I watched the the remake. Well, I think it's on Prime Video. I genuinely like the remake. A lot of people don't like it, but the original mm-hmm. it's like from the seventies. I think it's a super dope, super dope movie. I think you should. I'll probably send you a link of it. It's super cool. I think you should check it out. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I'm gonna send you. This is the last thing I'm gonna send you. And I want you to describe to the people what I just sent you on Instagram. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what did I just send you? Um, that was a photo of me, and um, uh, that was a photo of me when I was in like uh, when I was in college. That was a, it was a photo I took from my uh, little MacBook. Um, and that actual background is like my, uh, that is like my little closet area that I had to, for like my clothes. But I actually used that more or less for a studio. Okay. So yeah, that was my, um, that was my little apartment college dorm area. And um, I didn't have dreads yet, of course, like I have now. <laughs> I had the little uh, fade with the little sponge look. Mm-hmm. That's that's hilarious that you found that. <laughs> okay, so I sent the reason why I sent that is because when I was doing research, I went on your Twitter, didn't find shit on the Twitter. I just found that photo. So I sent yeah. that to ask, how come you don't post on Twitter? I don't know. I haven't cracked Twitter. 
<laughs> I have a like yeah, I, that. I don't know, like Twitter, Facebook, all that, even hell, TikTok. Like I just haven't got into it. So I don't know. I, I created that account, but I really don't do anything on that account. I yeah. just kind of like Yeah. <laughs> that shit got two tweets on it, man. Yeah, that's it. Like literally, <laughs> I, I don't do anything on my Twitter. And it's funny because I think like I don't know. I think on NLM, like my Twitter was linked at one time as like one of my social links like for people to follow me on, but I I, I don't do anything on Twitter. Like it's just it just exists. Yeah. So yeah. Yes, yeah, I was like, what the fuck? Because I mean, that's how I do my research through Twitter. I just scroll through Twitter, scroll through tweets and shit, couldn't find anything. Now, mm-hmm. um, Perry, these are the last two questions I'm going to ask you before I get into my 33 question segment of the podcast. I want to okay. know, where do you see yourself in the underground scene in five years? Hopefully, within five years, by that time, I will have a good fan base, a good consistent cult-like fan base and I'll be financially stable and hopefully by that time I'm being heard everywhere around the world. Everybody knows my music, everybody knows the name, everybody knows the brand which is the iParity. So hopefully by that time I'm already a pretty established artist. Okay. And where do you see the underground scene in five years? Um... As far as like the scream trap shit or trap metal or whatever you want to call it, yell rap, extreme trap, hellcore, um, hopefully by that time it's not dead. I think, um, I think a lot of even the new, the, I think the newer stuff is kind of overshadowing the this type of stuff that is being made in the underground. And then of course you have the stigmatism that is X. Yeah, And sometimes people don't even want to give that type of genre a listen because they either think it's dead or they think that, oh, either you're trying to be like X or nothing can top that, which, of course, you can't top what he did. But I do think you have to give other 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 mm, music like that a chance. Mm-hmm. I feel like you have to give that type of style of music a chance. So hopefully um, it's doing pretty good. Uh, hopefully it expands hopefully it becomes more diverse more creative um yeah it's crazy i asked a lot of underground artists that question and you were the only person to answer that in an extremely positive somewhat positive way a lot of people it's like it, it's like a hint of negativity with their answer like you know well shit i don't know where this is going to be people are probably going to sound the same or sound like each other you were the first mm-hmm. person to actually have like more positive outlook on that question. I find that interesting. Um, yeah. The last question I want to ask you is if you could change anything about the underground scene, what would you change? Drama. Mm. There is so much drama in the underground scene. It is ridiculous. And I feel like there's been so much unnecessary beef, unnecessary drama when Everybody has the goal of wanting to succeed, right? Yeah. And I feel yeah. like it's just little petty shit, you know, whether it's about females or cloud or ego, it's just shit that shouldn't even really be a problem becomes a problem. And it just, it's, it's stupid. Like, I feel like at the end of the day, we all want to succeed in this music shit. So that should be the focus. The drama shit is not growing. Like, it's not helping you. It's not benefiting you. So why are you doing it? You know, 
I don't personally care if people don't like my music because I know there's people that do like my music. And I do feel the fact that if people don't like my music, it's perfectly fine. You know what I'm saying? That's that's just your opinion. You don't like it, that's on you. You don't have to like it. I'm not forcing you to listen to my music. But I do feel like sometimes it becomes like people just dicky. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. hate just to be hating. Like, and a lot of people that have hated on me have been fans of me. So it's 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 been a crazy like little shit that I've seen, but I try not to like let little shit like that bother me. That that that's why at this point, like I don't beef with anybody. I kind of stay in my own lane. But it's just the drama shit is just childish as fuck. Like half of these motherfuckers is getting old as hell anyway. Too old to be drama and beefing over. Oh god. So it's just like it's crazy that unfortunately you have to deal with stupid petty shit. But I'm just saying the drama shit is played out, bro. We all want to make music. We all want to do good on music. Focus on the music. That's one thing I wish I could change in underground. Like the ego shit, stop. Like just stop it, bro. Just focus on your own shit, bro. If you don't like somebody's music, fine. Fuck it. Don't like it. Continue on doing what you're on. Like continue doing what you're going to do, right? But sitting there dickating is like, it's just dragging the shit. So just no drama. I just wish underground was less drama and more music, honestly. Yeah, man. One thing they tell everybody as kids, man, if you don't have nothing nice to say, do not say it at all, basically. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. Unfortunately, people don't want to, you know, do that shit, but it, it's whatever. I mean, hopefully, you know, because I say this in a lot of my interviews, as an interviewer, hopefully I could, I don't know, like bring shit together, I guess. I don't know if that's even yeah. possible as an interviewer, but I would love to attempt to do that. I think that would be That would cool. be fire. But, um... So for everybody listening, this is the very, very last segment of my podcast called 33 Questions, where I ask the guests 33 random questions and they have to answer it as quickly and as truthfully as possible. Are you ready, Perry? Ah, uh, yeah. Question number one. NLM hotline or Novocaine? Mm, uh, NLM hotline. Sweats or jeans? Sweats. Do you like ice cream? Yes. Did you drink water today? Um, no. <laughs> if you were the president, what would be the first thing you'd make illegal? Um, tight clothing. If you had to choose death by lethal injection or death by electric chair, which one are you choosing? Lethal injection, definitely. Do you watch anime? Yes, but not consistently. As a child, what cartoon character did you feel connected to? Uh, ooh, Chowder. When was the last time you bought a pair of shoes? <laughs> like a month ago. Without going into detail, is there anything that you've done that was horrible, but you don't regret doing? Oh, yeah. What was the last video game you've played? Um... Fucking, uh, uh, it was a first person shooter game. I don't know the name of it though. Okay. It was online. Okay. Favorite number? Favorite number? Mm-hmm. Uh, 16. Do you fear anything? Yes. If you had to choose, would you rather use honey or sugar for the rest of your life? Sugar. 
get bit by a bird or get bit by a squirrel? Bird. If you were an aquatic animal, would you feel disrespected if someone was swimming in your home? Yeah. What's an exotic pet you wouldn't mind having? Um, a koala. Would you rather be a refrigerator or a deep freezer? Mm. Deep freezer. Would you rather be a piece of gum on the bottom of a shoe or a pair of underwear? Pair of underwear. What's the last meal you personally cooked? Um. Uh. Noodles. Couple noodles. <laughs> <laughs> Who's someone that you miss dearly that you haven't seen in years? Uh, my high school friend, uh, Thane. What does the average day of Perry look like? Um, boredom, surprisingly. What's, In one word. Okay. What's something that is unforgivable? Mm, disloyalty. Do you have a favorite fruit? Yes. Could you elaborate on that? Oh, um, <laughs> I thought I thought it was just a yes or no question. Uh, I like I like pineapple. It was watermelon. No stereotype shit. It was watermelon at first, <laughs> but um, I do like pineapple. It, pineapple is just like, I don't know. It's The pineapple I've eaten, so fucking sweet. I mean, it's just fucking delicious. So pineapple. Yeah, I have to say prunes. I love prunes. I don't know why. Mm. They make you shit, but I love prunes. <laughs> How many bedrooms would you want your dream house to be? Uh, Four. Are you afraid of becoming too famous? Yes. Do you eat fish? No. If you had to disappear to a different country, where would you disappear to? Either Russia or Germany. Without going into detail, have you ever loved someone who didn't love you? Of course. Live to die or die to live? Um. Die to live. If you could give an estimate, how many friends have you had in your entire life, starting from a toddler to now? Maybe, like, true friends, maybe like 20. Okay. Do you love anyone more than yourself? Yes. Now, for the very last question, hypothetically speaking, if you could be a power couple with any celebrity, who are you choosing? Um... Noah Cyrus, I've been really? bro. Okay. Yeah, Noah Cyrus definitely all 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 fucking day. Noah that was Cyrus. an interesting answer, right there. I didn't expect that. That's an interesting answer. Yeah, she's 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 definitely been a little internet crush. Not gonna lie, Noah Cyrus, she she got my heart completely. If I ever get famous enough to where she notices me, definitely gonna be somebody I'm gonna try to pursue. <laughs> Noah Cyrus. I ain't even gonna lie, man. I'm gonna have to go all out, man. I'm gonna have to say uh, Kendall Jenner, man, off the rip. I ain't even gonna lie. I'm for gonna sure. For sure. Out. Oh, God. Kendall bad. Kendall bad. <laughs> now, for everybody listening, this is the very, this is the end of the podcast. Um, Perry, did you like that 33 question segment or? Heck yeah, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, it's something I'm experimenting with to see if I want to add on to it. But uh, 
yeah, for everybody listening, this is the Die Perry interview. This is super, super dope to get this one done. Um, just like I was telling Perry before I actually started doing this interview, this is the first interview to where I was not nervous. I do not know why. I don't know if I I don't know if I'm just getting better with interviewing, like not to sound egotistical because I still have a long way to go, but I don't know if I'm getting more comfortable with interviewing or if it's just Perry's vibe when I first start talking to him. I do not know, but I this is the inter first interview I never felt nervous whatsoever. Um maybe a little bit, but not how it usually be. And uh Yeah. This is super fucking cool, man. I'm glad I got to talk to him. Um, yeah, this is super cool. Is there anything you want to say to the people, Perry? Um, projects? Yeah, or... uh, definitely new projects this year. Um, don't know if I'm going to do an alternative album. I do want to do a hard album. That's definitely coming. That's in the works. Um, but yeah, for any artist that's thinking about making music, make it. Like, just do it. You know what I'm saying? Do it. Don't. Don't wait until or don't procrastinate or don't put it off. Just do it and do it for you and also do it because you enjoy doing it. And that would be like, you know, my last words I would have to say, just do it. Just do it. Like Nike, just do it. <laughs> man, just do it, man. Just go. Yeah. Um, hey man, this is super, super cool. I just interviewed Vife for my, I think that was the 17th episode. Now we just interviewed Die Perry. Mm -hmm. Um, Next, from like the inner limb squad, I I really do not know. I would love you got to have Quank. yeah, Quank. <laughs> also want to have Sesh on as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so those are the two. I'm coming for y'all, man. Those are the two next people at an NLM that I need to interview. Um, shit, man. For everybody listening, I hope you enjoyed this interview. My name is Make Love from Obscure Image Podcast, the most obscure podcast in the world. Where I interview underground artists, content creators, inventors, game developers, and anything in between that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, this was a super dope episode, man. This has been your boy Make Love, your boy Die Perry, and we out. Peace. All right, we out. <laughs>